Good evening and welcome to the Veteran Gamers Show 17, forward slash 99. I don't think you have to say forward or back, you can just say slash. Yeah, slash. People will be all confused, they won't know what you're doing. What? Which slash? Guns and Roses? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) 99, yeah, 99 show that we've done, but uh, 17 is the veteran gamers, and so there you go. Yeah, 99, what do you think? 99. <sighs> I've only been around for like 50 of them. I know. Yeah, you've been I've around. I've only been them. around for 96 of them. That's right, and I've been here for them all, because I'm like... So oh. I'm a noob, or Chinny's a noob, and I'm a super noob. Yeah, yeah. Pretty so, much. Yeah. So yeah, next week, we should remind everyone again, because we did mention it at the end of last week's show, but yes... Next week will be a live show on the 12th of May. So put that in your diaries at 10 p.m. There you go. 10 p.m. GMT on the www.veterangamers.co.uk. So there'll be a link there to listen to the live show. There'll um, be all sorts of instructions about how to listen and will participate be. in that chat box we got there. It'll be awesome. Yep, and we'll have live callers and people on, and then maybe a few surprise guests from the O three fives might be coming along saying hello. So yeah, it's going to be good. From the O three fives are for the G four TE. Oh yeah, G four TE. Yeah, oh, we'll, snap. We'll, we'll give that a bit of a shout out at the end of the show as well. So, so let's so, introduce ourselves. Yeah, so so I'm the daddy. Uh, yeah, which I've been since the very beginning, all that time ago. Seems a long time ago. So yeah, I haven't changed much. And we've also got Chinny. Uh, hello, I've got two things to, to, to talk to Stu about. Stu, the yes. daddy, whatever. Yeah. Uh, one of them is, do you know what night it is tonight? Do you realise what night it is we record? All right. It's, it's, it's a Monday. Big, it's a big night for me, right? Because I don't follow many sports. But you pick the night and you won't let me watch snooker finals. Robertson versus Dot. At the moment, Robertson is kicking his ass. I know. Right, Robertson's winning 14-12 at the moment, and you, you won't let me watch them. You, you're banning me from watching them. Anyway, the second thing, there's a big event happening on Thursday, and you should know about it. Are you voting, Stuart? I will be voting, yes. Do you know who you're going to vote for? No, do you know what I thought I'd do? I'm just going to put the names in a hat and draw one out, and whichever one I draw, that's who I'm going to vote for. That's See, I, yeah. see I think you're lying, right? Because it's white, true, white, people, white people don't really like to tell who they're voting for. Dave Chappelle here will explain it for me. <laughs> white people do not like to talk about their political affiliations. It's a secret. You ever ask a white guy who's voting for you? Hey, Bob, uh, Bob, who are you going to vote for? Dave, Dave, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, take it easy now. Take it easy. So anyway, um, I was my wife in her ass, right? And... And I mean, it was something else. Yeah, 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 but, but, but who are you voting for? Dave! Dave, come on with the voting. I'm trying to tell you about the f- my wife here. Ask me all these personal questions. What <laughs> 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 I mean? Oh, God. Well, yeah. It's true, yeah. it's true. We're so lame. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the, other, the other way I'd vote, because I live in the north, you know, and we do snail races here in the north yes. of the country. Yeah. So I wondered whether I should put the names on the back of snails, yeah. uh, whichever one wins, that, that's the one I vote for. What do you think? Yeah, I, should, I, I reckon you should pick three snails, and whichever looks like Gordon Brown, right, <laughs> um, then just kind of just 
right, just keep it. That's nothing to do with voting. So what, what are you saying? I should vote for Gordon Brown? Is that what you're saying? Uh, I'm, no, I'm just saying just keep us now. That looks like Gordon Brown. That wasn't anything to do with that. He does look like he does look like a turtle that's just farted. Yes, a little bit. He he's a bigot, though, isn't he? He's a bigot. Yeah, he's, a, he's definitely a bigot. Uh, 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 never around with Gordon Brown. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, no. so that's what an intro. I think that's my best intro to the podcast ever. I think I think that was really good. <laughs> but what what I'd like to talk about first is yeah. Uh, uh, dude, no, listen, listen. I've got a list. <laughs> listen. Do you have another person to introduce? Who? 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 Dingus? Who? Who? Who else the is American here? Guy. <laughs> Shall we? Shall we let him? Because yeah, I know he's yeah. died to play school. Should we? Yeah. Well, we've already had a clip. We don't need another clip. <laughs> I've only had seven clips so far. No, we, you've already done a clip. You know. No, I need another one! Well, oh, all right then. So we've and got Duke as well. Duke, Duke's here too. The following podcast is sponsored by Northeast England. If you've got an innovative business idea, you need to grow it in an innovative environment. That place is Northeast England. <laughs> Where the hell's that come from? That's from the. They play it at the beginning of every Economist podcast these days, and so I thought it would be lovely for us. Maybe we can get some money by yeah. uh, getting sponsored by. Uh, my girlfriend is in the Northeast of England at the moment. She's in Middlesbrough. There. So there you go. There you go. Mm, I just got a Skype message from Sexy Search 2010. Really? Accept it. That's totally a chick that's interested in you. Dude, I think it probably is. She's not right, Russian we, at all. Are we going to talk about games? This is a game. Yeah, no, I, no, no, I, now I, you may talk about whatever you wanted to no, talk about, Stu. What, what I need to talk about is I, I, I'll tell you a little story about what happened to me last oh, week after podcast recording. After the podcast recording, uh, this is going to be when you talk to me about five hours about Alan Wake. No, I didn't. That's a, that's a blatant lie. It was, no, actually, it was no, only four, four and a half hours. Four and a half hours. Yeah. yeah. Oh damn! You beat my punchline. <laughs> anyway, no, right. So anyway, so I sort of logged off. You know, turned off the computer and everything. Thought, God, it's half past one or whatever the hell it was. Yeah, I need to get to bed. Work in the morning. Yeah, somebody had locked me in the conservatory. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no, indeed. Uh, so, so I'm like, oh, shit. So I had no key. Obviously, the, the the weirdest thing is, right, the conservatory door used to be the outside door, so there's no handle on the outside of it. Okay. I mean, sort of on the inside. So I'm locked. Does, does this end up with you eating your own foot? No, but I thought, I really did think I was going to have to sleep. We've got a tiny little sofa in here, and I thought, I'm going to have to sleep on that tonight because how the hell am I going to wake my wife up? No phone in here with me, no nothing. So I was literally trapped in the conservatory. Uh, so I just literally... <laughs> <laughs> so I banged on the window as hard as I could, you know, for about oh, five minutes. And my wife came down like a zombie uh, with her eyes still closed, opened the door and just went straight back up to bed and completely ignored me. Who knows? She got a little sign like, if the podcast's still rocking, don't be locking. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, That's so. pretty good, Dave, actually. That was all right. I know. I started thinking of that as soon as he said it. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Cute little I know. rhyme. But anyway, let's talk about other stuff. Yes. I, what yeah, how about the... games? Let's talk no, about actually, games. Actually, no, we're still not talking about games. Oh, my oh, for God. Crying out loud. Why do we have to do a, an account of Stu's life for the no, last week? No, this is obviously my minutes. life. No, listen, this is about snooker. This is something yeah. important. Yeah, right. Robinson and Dot Matters. Well, it is a game, hours. at least. Yeah, you're, allowed, you're allowed to talk about boring snooker, but I'm hey, not allowed to talk about brilliant sport. It's boring. Fine. It's like watching paint. Right? Like just we hurry said. up and just get to the next topic already. 
like like we said ages ago, if they had ex- stop Kenny, so <laughs> might as well just let him get <laughs> it over they, with. If they had exploding balls, it'd be more interesting. That's all I'm uh, saying. Uh, that's true about a lot of sports. You're right. You're right. Exploding balls. If Mark McGuire it... had exploding balls. That would be much more interesting. <laughs> anyway, no. What I do want to talk in the last week, it's been announced that Stephen King's The Dark Tower is being made into a film. Uh, that was announced for a while. Well, it sort of was mentioned. It was bought by uh, the Lost Guys, wasn't it? They There's been a it. lot of bad Stephen King movies. I know, yes, but, I but what I was going to get to, this hey. is like my favourite Stephen... Well, it's one of my favourite books anyway, regardless mm. of who prepared, wrote it. Prepared to get it damaged. I know, <laughs> yeah, and really. that really worried. And it's been... It's, do you know who's doing it? Do you know who's doing this? Um... You ball? <laughs> no, thank God, no, no. Uh, it's it's by uh, Ron Howard's going to direct it. Ron no. Howard, he's got yeah. a spotty record. He has, yeah. Did yeah. he was on The Simpsons, which was cool. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and it's been, but he's been written by a guy called Akiva Golds, uh, Akiva Goldsman, Akiva Goldsman, and and he wrote the uh, screenplay for A Beautiful Mind and The Da Vinci Code. Uh, but he's written some ropey films as well, so it's all a bit like, oh, it's on the fence. It could be one of, it could be a good, good, a good Stephen. Uh, what do you call him? What's his name? Stephen King. King. Stephen King uh, adaptation, or it could be a bad yeah. one. You know, it like could the be Shining. Shining, or it might be yeah. a fire starter. But Stephen King didn't like The Shining. He made a TV series really? called The Shining, and huh. he, he preferred that one, and he hated the film because they wow. uh, because the, the book of The Shining had like all like. Uh, talking plants and all sorts of weird stuff going on. Well, sure, and, but... and The Shining took that all back, the film. Mm. And then later on, uh, like recently, he went, yeah, the film was probably better than the TV series. <laughs> yeah, well, come on, right? He, Stephen King himself, directed that shitty Maximum Overdrive, which was just <laughs> wasn't it? Yeah, that was ridiculous. You know what I mean? Okay. But yeah, just Nobody's out of interest, just out, about just out of interest, by the way, he sold the rights to make the film to J.J. Abrams for $19. So there you go. That's that's how much you charge him for the rights to make uh, either a film or TV series from The Dark Tower. Anyway, shall we, shall we shall we talk about some games then? I think yes, yes, please. Right. Well, in that case, right, we're going to start off the show with an email tonight. We're going to email, and it is game related. We start off the show. We've been talking for like fifteen minutes. No, I know, but you know what I mean, like game stuff. We're going to start. start the proper show. Yeah, proper show. Yeah. Not that all that stuff at the beginning. Anyway, okay. Um, I sent an email on the 24th of April to the guy who made Baby Maker Extreme. Oh, God. Now, listen, listen, listen. So I sent him an email, and this is basically what I said. I said, hello, my name is Stuart Fowler, and uh, I host the Veteran Gamers podcast. We review indie games each week on the show, and this week it was your game. Now, I really liked it, but my co-host hated it. What I'd like to ask <laughs> Didn't is... Didn't I it... call it like a steaming turd or I something? I know. What was your inspiration for a crazy game featuring flying babies? So that's what I asked him. I was high. So do you want to hear? Do you want to hear what he wanted to yeah. say? What he said? Okay. It, it was a few days later, so he didn't, he didn't reply for a few days. So then he replied, to, this, this was it. Okay. Uh, sorry for taking a while to respond. I was quite busy recently with the Toronto Game Jam. I always love hearing people talk about my games, even if they hate them. The quick answer to your question is, though, I thought to myself... What could offend the most people while still being allowed on Xbox Live Indie Games? <laughs> so that was his inspiration. Okay. So here we go. Baby Maker Extreme came from my love of concise visual humor. I didn't get the theme from anywhere in particular. The first inklings of gameplay were influenced by Yeti Baseball, which I've no I've, anyone any ideas what you never played that? Yeah, yeah. It's, no. it's, there's a Yeti and he's hitting penguins around. 
But huh? that game was fun. Okay. Well, this game is. It's just you didn't. <laughs> anyway, listen, listen. I just really wanted to let loose and make a game with an absurd premise. I think in making the game, I got very close to the review rules of what is allowed on Xbox Live Indie Games without quite crossing that line entirely. The name itself just popped into my head one night as I was dozing off, and the game and all the innuendos involved uh, grew out of that name as a starting point. Uh, thanks for taking an interest in my game, Daniel. So there you go. So that's, uh, that's what it came from. So I thought it was quite interesting. I think that whole exchange gives far too much credit to that ridiculous concept in that dumb game. It's a great game, just because you didn't like you it. Tell yourself that. It's just funny. It's just funny. Anyway, what have you been up to, seeing as you're you know, in that sort of mood? What have you been up to? Come on. Speak. I've been playing a lot of stuff. Um, For some reason, I, got, <laughs> I started playing Mafia Wars a couple weeks ago, and I've been playing it a lot lately. And I branched out. I started playing Country Life and Poker on Facebook. It's really weird because I don't know. those. I mean, Mafia Wars is okay, but it's... I'm so sick of how you're supposed to, like, recruit your friends. So I'm supposed to go bugging all my friends. Hey, are you playing Mafia Wars? Me, are you playing Mafia Wars? Me. Or your other alternative is to go recruit people who don't play or who aren't on your friends list. Just strangers and add them to your friends list for the sake of Mafia Wars. So whatever. It's, anyway. Um, on the console front, though, I played a bunch of different stuff. I finished Crackdown. Well, yeah, Woo. that takes about an hour. <laughs> it took me a little while. It was kind of, that last battle was freaking hard. Oh yeah, the, the very end end. Yeah, because most of the bosses, like you get killed by them, it's no big deal. You just go back to where they were. But the last one is up in this tower, and you got to climb the whole tower every time. And there's people launching rockets at you and shooting you all over. And granted, you can run past about half of them, but still, it was like uh, when I got that last. Actually, I fired the last shot because I was using this missile, like launching it at him, and I fired the last shot uh, in a way that killed me too. So I was like, I killed him! I killed him! Oh my god, I'm dead! No, stop! Ah! And they just sat there, regenerate. And I'm like, did I kill him? I thought I killed him! It should be over now! And then, when I regenerated, then it said, you killed the last guy, congratulations. And I really thought that the end was good, too. I liked that whole, like, twist that you give you. I don't know if I should spoil it, because some people... Wow, I know, it's only, it. it's only four years. years old. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I finished that. It was a lot of fun. Um, I got 400... Um, orbs right now, so oh, you do. I don't know if I'm going to go last to the hundred rest. though. I can, yeah, I don't I know. Can, it may not I be can, worth it. I can help you out where all the, a lot of the difficult ones are. Cause but I'm, you know what? I was playing with Connor C, hunting around for some orbs, and that was fun to hang out with him. But it was so laggy. It was really slow. It was moving like at half the speed, and I was like, "This isn't that fun." With it can do. So it can. can I just tell you a little story? You know the biggest, tallest office building, you know, where you kill the boss guy at the top of there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he isn't necessarily, because you can kill them in any order, so it doesn't, he's not always everybody's last boss as he goes. Well, Because you can kill him in any order. But that's how we got the, there's, a, there's an achievement for driving, I think jumping the furthest distance. And in the, in the expansion, yeah, yeah. In the yeah. expansion pack, you can get like a dune buggy type mm. thing. It's not very, and we actually threw it up to the top of that building. Oh, nice. And then drove off the top. So that's yeah. how we got the achievement for that. Yeah, I, I was looking at some of those achievements. I don't really care so much about them. I mean, I was even trying to – I just – I think I'm not very good at this game because I was trying to do the one where you, like, keep the guy in the air for a few seconds. Oh, yeah, and I was just not work. able to do that. I was like, what? How bad am I at this game? You need – right, anyway. the, the, the trick to the juggling ones because the car juggler is harder. 
you know, yeah. power up. But you need to have two types of rocket launcher at the same time. Uh, that's a good idea because I was reloading. Do, that's yeah, you do something. one and then swap to the other and use that one. That's so that's a, that's idea. a trick with that achievement to, yeah. to get it. Um. So anyway, yeah, I finished that and it's fun. I, I I might go back and do some other things, jumping around in races and whatnot. But who knows? Uh. So that was fun. And then I played a little Rainbow Six. That was good. We had a crew that came out from G4TE because they made it their Saturday shooter this week, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, I forgot how much fun that game is, and I've been doing the single player again, as I said. Um, I played the Tecmo Bowl demo. Oh my the god, what? Tecmo Bowl! It's Nothing this football bad, game from back in the day, and like they're going for pure nostalgia. Like it, that game sucked when it came uh, out. I remember you could, playing it a you little. Could, you could already buy it, I think, and but you're only paying for like a bit of a an update on the graphics. I don't know what I'm, I'm not, not really, for it. It's really not worth it. It's just yeah, it's, 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 so not, it's not as good as everybody remembers it being. You know, I play. I also played Afterburner, and I thought that was you know, it was fun, but it just ugh. I was so bad at it, and it's so frenetic and chaotic that I was just like, ah, I don't know. But I also played the Split Second demo, and I really liked it. I think I liked that a lot more than you two guys. Because I, I just I thought it was a poor demo. I just yeah, I agree. I mean, it just, I mean, you know, I can see it being a little repetitive, I suppose, but I just love the fact that I can push a button and here this building comes collapsing over the track and smashing six cars. I just thought that's so cool, you know? Yeah, but didn't, didn't you feel like the demo just kind of left you a little bit like, oh, is that it? You know, like you, you, I guess, you a bit but, more from the demo. I, I know it's well, a it demo me, and you can't Yeah, I mean, it gave me the flavor. It made me want to play it. Yeah. But the, the other thing that worries me about that game is. You know how much is going to be luck as opposed to skill, because you you know you could just happen to get the power up at the right time and then win the race, and someone who'd been in the lead from the start would be well peed off, wouldn't they? Yeah, no doubt. Do you understand um, what I mean? And I'm a bit like, mm, yeah. yeah. You know, at um, least with Blur, it's it's a mo- lot more skill based because you've got to either you know shoot them at the right time or shoot the person in front or the person behind you. So I feel that. There's less luck involved and more skill. Yeah, but you know what? I mean, I gotta be honest. Like, and this is a question that I'll come back to in just a second. For me, sometimes there's a split between what's challenging and what's fun. And sometimes I just want a game that's just fun. And there's even if it's not a lot of challenge, it's still fun to blow buildings up by pushing a button. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I kind of felt that way about Mercenaries 1. Like, it was so much fun, even though it wasn't all that challenging, although at some points I had to use cheat codes because I was like, I'm not trying to do this mission. So anyway. Cheat codes. Dear, oh dear. Uh, I was just saying, like, I think the only problem with Split Second I think is going to be is the the longevity in these games are multiplayer. And the blur seems to have, like, the better, yeah, multiplayer. You know, it's kind of... Yeah, I can see that. It depends a lot on who you're playing against. Yeah, the level system, it's like a very, you know, it's borrowed a lot from Call of Duty. And I think, I mean, it's very addictive. It's that one more, let me play one more thing. And I don't think Split Second's going to have that. And where, you know, Split Second will have the grand spectacle and the crazy buildings going down, which is cool, but I think it might get out quickly. That's a good point. I agree with that. I think that XP thing is going to be the wave of the future because it seems like most games that are lasting a while are incorporating that in some way. Because it does, yeah, keep you addicted in some way, even though it doesn't really mean anything. Um... I played on recommendation from Little Weird, 
uh, an indie game called Breath of Death 7, I think it's called, Breath of Death 7 or something. Um, it's a fun little NES-style old-school RPG. Um, it was okay, it was fun, but the battles are very simplistic. Like, it shows you a picture of a frog, and then you're fighting a frog, you know? And there's no animation, there's no action there. It's just the frog attacks you, and the screen shakes a little. So, I mean, whatever. It was very cheap and very simple, and he made that clear. So I, I think I've just become addicted to somewhat decent graphics like i'm not really i don't care much about graphics but i want some more than just like a picture of a frog but the big game i've been playing i just started last night but oh my god i'm so into this game already and i can't wait to go back to it so i'm gonna hurry up and finish the podcast quickly um saints row 2 yeah, loving that game thank you thank you oh my god i can't believe i waited so long to play it it's a game that knows it's a game it totally that's all, knows that's its all game. it is. It doesn't take itself very seriously, but it's so much fun. The driving is quick. Um, the perspective, like moves, like when you go up on a curb, it doesn't just, you know, it doesn't just follow along. The the camera sh- like jostles a little bit, you know, and like you 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 accelerate quickly, and it'll you know do that gears of war thing where it sort of zooms in a little bit, and it like you know shakes and stuff. I just love it. Um, they have cruise control on the car, so it's easier to do drive-by shootings yeah, and stuff, which yeah, I really appreciate. Happy. Really handy. Um, and they had this thing in the first game called Hitman, which is a great concept, but they didn't do it right in the first game. It was they give you a list of people you're supposed to go kill, and then you basically in the first game you had to drive around until you found them, and that was annoying because you had no idea. I mean, you had a general idea of the area. Yeah, but you, of, you had a picture as well, didn't you? Didn't you have a picture? Yeah, but I mean. You're supposed to just you know drive by and look at everybody you drive yeah, past. Is that him? Is that him? Is that him? Yeah. And that was just so annoying because I remember going online and it was like hang out at this spot between like 4 p.m. and 8 p.m. And it yeah. was like you might see him on this day and it was just like give me a break. So they finally – they really fixed it in the second one because now it's like here's how you can find this guy. Okay, he's the security officer at the trailer park. So go there and start a fight and he'll come running up. And he did and yeah. it was like cool. You know, like you don't have to kill yourself hunting for these people because, again, it's more fun than it is challenging. And that's fine. Um, there may be a bug that I ran into because I killed a guy at the nuclear power plant, and then um, I think he is still on my list, but maybe it'll reset when I – because I couldn't kill him again. I went and you're supposed to call the emergency number, and then he shows up. Oh, and that's I did right. That. Is, is he in like a radioactive suit or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because it's like the mayhem uh, activity there. You're supposed to just cause crazy damage. They always have a setup for those. It's like, here's why you need to go around and just destroy buildings. So it was like, we need you to distract from the fact that nuclear power is horribly unsafe and it's going to cause meltdowns. It's what? It might cause meltdowns. So yeah. they snuck a little, you know, political, like GTA does, and a little bit of political stuff in there. Um, so I don't know. I hope that bug doesn't show up. But Have you, you played know, it, have you played it in co-op yet or not? I have not played any co-op. I really want to do the single player all the way through. I mean, as much as I appreciate co-op, I, I really just want to do it because I'm having so much fun by myself that I want to do that all before I uh, bring other people. But the on. co-op and the single player are the same thing. I'm sure they are. Yeah, you know, like you just you literally just carry on with your mission, but I'm like somebody else is with you. That's all it is. I don't know if I want somebody else with me though. He wants to do it on his own for some reason. Yeah, I don't know. I get real solitary about that sort of thing. He's very, he's very particular. He doesn't want Ew. to mix. Antisocial. Well, is that the same for crackdown as well? Yeah, he wouldn't. Um, I've, I've tried a couple of times, but he weren't up for it. Yeah. Well, I did some orb gathering, but again, like I'm worried about the lag and stuff. I, I don't know. Crackdown, I don't know if I'm as invested in, but yeah, I, 
it, it feels like I have to divide my attention in some ways if I'm doing co-op, but I, yeah. I know it's weird, but I'm, I tend to be kind of a solitary person in a lot of ways in my life anyway. So anyway, uh, last thing real quick, um, little weird had been in touch with me because, um, Stu, a while back you had said that it's annoying when you quit out of a game, like a new game or something. Right, yeah. and then it has to load up again. So he said, when quitting one game and looking to play another, you can, quoting now, simply hit your guide button and then scroll down one option to quick launch. From there, you'll see a list of everything you recently played. But if you hit right on the left thumbstick, you will see your recent downloads. There's no reload time to bring this list up, and you can highlight a recent game you've played or a recent download, hit A, and then select play game. It's much faster than the two-minute reload time in the My Xbox Games list. So there's a little something for people to know. Yeah, but it's not true. Well, I'm just telling you what he when said. I, when I checked it, it's exactly the same. It okay, was still well, you'll going, have to take it up loading, with loading, loading. Yeah, it didn't work. It didn't okay. work. It was just the same. For me, anyway, it was. Maybe the yeah, I'm the messenger man, message. just like that. I don't know. Australian Maybe. guy. And that's what I've been playing. I know. Great stuff. So what have you been up to, Chinny? Not a lot. <laughs> just, uh, you I, both. <laughs> I've been playing. I played Crackdown. Uh, I've started Crackdown as well. Uh, I've been playing that with a mate because he hasn't played it before, uh, and you know it's fun. Like, just I'm not gonna say much more about it. It's fun. Yeah. Uh, I've also played uh, last week. I played uh, Castle Crashers with um, uh, Rich from formerly from the Overseas Connection, Greg as well, and Duke who's present. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. It was great fun with three other people. Uh, I, I didn't kind of know what I was doing. And I played it on my own. Nobody does well. when they start that game. I, 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 I didn't think it would hold up as much on it on my own. But I thought, you know, I'll, I'll level up my character a little bit because um, Rich and Murphy was just kind of like pounding everyone, me and Duke, because Duke started a new character as well. And it, we just wasn't really doing <laughs> making big <laughs> effects, you know. Like, yeah, but it's funny. It's it's injected with humor. It's fun. And it's just as fun on your own as well. Like, but I, I mean, I preferred it with co-op because that's what it's made for. Yeah, that's but, a game uh, I think I really do enjoy doing the co-op. Yeah, I, 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 I wouldn't mind like just kind of dipping in there and again, just, just, just to level up my character a little bit, you know. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll wait for another co-op session. So that's a lot of fun. I, I, you know, it's only old games on the podcast this week, but yeah, I, I enjoy Castle Crashers. I think it's great. It's very funny, um, and yeah, it's, it's a game like Saints Row Two. It's, it's a game that is very aware that it's just a game, so it's just for fun. That's all it is. Uh, and that's it, pretty much. That's all I've been playing. I, what else? I did play. Oh yeah, I did play um, World Championship Snooker 2007. Yes. Is that uh, still going strong? I was just about to ask you if the real thing makes you want to play the game. Well, yeah. look, I, I actually play the game in real life. You know, in uh, with real yeah. people where you can catch germs and stuff in the real world. And <clears> I, uh, so I play in like a, a league and a, you know for a team and stuff. And it's all that's all finished now. So I haven't really played. Been playing for the last couple of weeks. We came second, by the way. Well know. done. Uh, and yeah, so like, I, I just haven't really been playing snooker, and the, the finals have been on. And the final is on fourteen twelve, Robertson. Um, so I just kind of went, you know what? I'm going to play my snooker game. I haven't played that for a while, and I, I thought I can't trade it in. There is a 2009 version, but if I trade in 2007, they're just going to laugh at me. Jesus. <laughs> We'll uh, give you ten pence. Exactly. So there's no point in trading it in. I don't need more than one snooker game in my life. Uh, I only need one, and uh, yeah, it, it's not very good. It's it's just a snooker game. Uh, so yeah, I'm playing that. Knocked a hundred breaking. Get me. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's yeah. all I've been playing. No new games. They're all old and games. And now, do you know? It's oh. funny. 
Actually, I was going to start by saying it's. I feel like I'm in a little bit of limbo at the moment, waiting for the next big titles to hit. Yeah, I've got plenty of guys to play. It's just like I've got, you know, I've got like um, Crackdown. Just you know, I've started yeah. that. I've got Batman to finish. Uh, the Orange Box Bully. Uh, Mass Effect Two is the newest game I've probably got to to play. Uh, and then you know we've got the the BR. I finished Borderlands, but I've got some DLC. I've got to finish Fallout. So I'm just kind of catching up. That's all I'm doing really until Red Dead comes out. I'm trying to get it all done before Red Dead. So yeah, it's yeah. weird, right? Because I thought you know I was going to go back and and get uh, Mass Effect Two back in, you know, and hopefully finish that off. And then I was like, no, oh, no, but I might get stuck into that. And then the new games will come, and I might not have finished playing yeah. that. So I was yeah. a bit like. Mm. So what I did, I've had a game for a long time, uh, which I bought for about, I think it was about £2.50. So I paid nearly nothing for it, which was uh, the thing for the original Xbox. Um, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to have a play of this. It was meant to be sort of quite good back in the day, so I'll have a look at it and see what I think now. And it's a bit janky. Those controls are really... What is it? The thing. <laughs> the, oh, thing. the thing. I Sorry, I just said that. Uh, yeah, the thing. So, yeah, the controls are proper weird. It's got some strange controls going on there. Um, so, basically, the the right, uh, sorry, the left thumbstick basically controls your character and sort of moves forward, backwards, but also does your direction at the same time, so it doesn't control the camera. Uh, your right one doesn't control the camera as it normally would. But the right stick does your strafing from side to side, mm. and plus if you click it, it does the aiming. It's, it's all very weird. I have to say. See, because I think that's probably a holdover from PC shooters and stuff. Yeah, it did like, feel like that. It felt like... Exactly, mouse- I remember that doing that on Wolfenstein, and it was like, that was just what I was used to. And then I got to games on, you know, you know, console games where it was a different setup, and it just took some getting used to. But the game itself, it's a, it's a, it's a strange game. You've played is this, it, haven't you? Is it based it? on the movie? Yeah, it's a pre- it's a prequel, I think, or um, a sequel. I can't remember it was what a strange it was. movie. I remember yeah, it's it sort of like after. I think it's after the event. Is it after? Okay, yeah, it's after the event. I know. It's, I know. It's not like um, based on what. No, no. The- so you're basically this sort of recon team that goes into search for survivors. So basically, you're yeah. sent into the the base I, to look I don't for. Remember, I, I, I have played it. I, I remember playing it, and I don't remember a ton about it. I remember like this kind of. Uh, maybe I don't know what it was. It was just kind of like a, a, a rundown kind of shady area or something, and it was full of snow. And the, I think the best thing about the whole film was that like your partners would go crazy if they don't if they if like they lose trust in you, they yeah. can go they can go crazy and start shooting you, and you might have to kill them. And I thought that was that was awesome. And I've never seen really many games do that since, and I wish yeah. it would come back. And it, just the idea of that, like your best mate could just suddenly turn crazy and shoot the hell out of you. Uh, and could was, you tell like what it was based yeah, on in terms was, of your actions? It was like a oh, okay. So, like, so like, kind of like instead of the morality meter or something, it would be like the trust meter. You lose control of the situation. I think they start to like mm-hmm. get more and more like insane. But also, when you click on your, your squad, the, the sort of shows the picture of them shaking. Yeah, sort of demonstrate that the nervous or whatever. It was. It's okay. I mean, it is okay. I'm getting into it, but God, it's got some issues with saving, and it doesn't auto save at all. So it doesn't auto save anywhere. And the the only time you can save, you come across these like tape recorders, and you can save at the tape recorder. But if you forget to do it and then get killed, it goes right back to the beginning of the level again. 
Yeah, that's just a sign of the times. But also, but also, if you do get killed, you can't load from a save point unless you go to the main menu. So you have to exit to the main menu, well, that's bad. then load, and then go back into the game. So otherwise, right. it's just restart level, even if you have done the save point somewhere. It's, it was it, it was acting as a sequel. I've just read upon it. It's, it's, it's a sequel to the, the yeah, film. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it starts off like that. You're basically going in looking for survivors. But so far, it's pretty cool, you know, and there's some, there's been some quite interesting moments in it. Uh, the things themselves are quite cool, you know, and you, you get these, well, it's quite a nice dynamic. Some of your, your squad mates can be things and you obviously you just don't know. Um, so you can carry around these sort of like syringes to test them. So, if you you know, if you test them and obviously that explodes, you, they turn into a thing. So you Isn't can... that like if you test somebody as well and they're not a thing, they kind of lose trust in you yeah, as well. Yeah, because you they, And they think that you're not trusting them. Yeah. yeah. Like, that they they think that you're you could be the thing yeah you know, that, that that's the, that, I think that was the whole concept though they they might think that you're the thing and that's why they're freaking out you know what I mean like they they shoot you I thought that was awesome I, I think they should bring that back maybe a remake yeah it's not terrible it isn't terrible but you know it it's it is what it is you can tell it's an old game and 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 you know if you think some of the dialogue in Heavy Rain was terrible you know you want to play this game some of the dialogue is just awful oh boy where do I uh, sign up. I know, but that, I think we forget how bad games used to be at it, you know what I mean? And when we get one now, we think, oh, that's awful. But, I mean, if you go back in the day and, and watch some of these, it, yeah. Well, John Carpenter, the director of the original The Thing, himself praised the game, saying, you got to play this one, it'll blow you away. It was quite cool. It is quite cool. I like the tension, and like you say, all the trust system is very cool. Anyway, moving on. Um, I haven't really played a lot else, but I did play another indie game, and, and I have to mention this because... It is it the killer's dream? No, but funnily enough, it's similar sort of premise, but done, <laughs> no, no, done a hell of a lot better. Uh, uh, well, it's hard to do it worse. And it's called Decay Part 1. Um, Decay Part 1. Yeah, and it's basically like a point-and-click adventure game, um, but you have to interact with your environment, and it's so creepy. Uh, it has really cool music. There's lots of nice little puzzles going on in the game. And yeah, I played the demo and I, and sort of you get to this, there's quite a bit you can do in the demo. And then there's a door out of the apartment where you are. And yeah, you sort of click on that. Goes, you have to buy the game if you want to sort of carry on, if you want to explore any further. Uh-huh. So I bought it. I was sort of taken in so much of it. I thought, sorry. How I'm, much is it? Uh, 240 points. Uh-huh. But I think I think the price is is more to do with the actual um, size rather than you know what they wanted to sell it at because it's, yeah. it's it's pretty nicely done graphically. It's got some nice little you know CG cutscenes and stuff going on in there, and it's it's quite cool. And basically, it's a very much uh, you've absolutely no idea what's going on. The, the game basically starts with you hanging in a bathroom. Uh, hanging yourself and then you sort of let yourself down obviously and then the game starts from there when you change your mind not to kill yourself and yeah there's little notes dotted around to sort of try and fill in I don't say too much because I don't want to play this no no I don't want to say too much but but there is, interestingly enough right so I thought I wonder who made this because it's quite you can tell it's quite a polished game and there's obviously you know something it's made by the guys who who were part of the development team for Battlefield Heroes? So these oh, are really? these aren't really your indie I'm kind developers. of indie, but so sort of not. not really. You know, but it's, hey, if it's three bucks, you know that's yeah. Cool. But word of warning: it only lasts about forty-five minutes to an hour. That's fine. It doesn't have to be long. To only be about forty-five minutes, but it's very well done. I was very and the puzzles are good enough to challenge you, but not so hard that you can't figure out what you've got to do. And yeah, I would yeah. definitely recommend at least playing the demo and having a look at I'll it. Oh, definitely check this out. Yeah, it was it was very good. And the, the Swedish, 
they're a Swedish company. What are you Swedish? You're talking to me in Swedish in Times Square? Which, which might explain the really bad typos in the supposed newspaper article pinned on the wall. <laughs> uh, also, just, just explains the really dark, somber mood of the thing. Yeah, it is very dark. Yes, it is very dark. But yeah, turn the brightness up before you start playing is a good bit of advice as well. Cause it okay. Re- it really is that but yeah I definitely recommend playing that and that's really about it for me so I think we need to do talking of indie games talking uh, of indie games yeah I think we need to do one alright here we go this is Michael Coogley also known as Quanrian on Xbox Live and this week I'm going to be reviewing Along Came a Spider and Galax Email Okay, first game I'm going to look at is going to be Along Came a Spider. And, uh, yeah, this is probably not going to appeal to everybody, but this is a a nice little difference on the physics-type platformers. Actually, when I started playing this game, it actually reminded me of a game I never actually played before, but I'm sure at least some people have heard of, was an old game called Vib Ribbon. I believe on the original PlayStation, and the line that your character moved on would actually change with the music. And I'm not sure that this game does that, but the way that the world wobbles, or the lines that your your spider is on wobbles, did kind of remind me of that. So that kind of made the game a little bit more appealing to me overall. And actually, I like the music. I have to say that outright. I actually like the music. It's different, but it's different in a good way, because I just don't hear music like that that often. It's, kind of, it's more of like a jazz style, and I, I like that. So kudos to the developer for for picking a non-rock, non-techno style. Definitely something a little bit different for once. And so, yeah, kudos to that. Um, Yeah, and the game works really well. You're just going along as a spider. And at first, you're just kind of just grabbing onto these white lines and moving along. And then later on, it gets slightly more complicated because then you're, you know, you're you got to use your lines and you've got to swing along and it's kind of like you're on a bungee cord well actually very much like you're on a bungee cord so you kind of like slingshotting your little spider around you know and then you get a little bit further in and uh you've got these black lines that you can't actually stick to you can only uh drop lines on and then further in it actually adds in the the these red lines that are like you know the danger zone so you know don't touch these this is this is what's going to kill you so that you know that's so you've got these three different surfaces. As far as I know, that's, that's it. But just using these three surfaces, the developer actually was very creative in how he integrated them all together to create levels, you know, more or less force you to be creative in how you're going to, you know, move your character and, you know, get around the level. And, you know, you can't touch this and you can't grab onto that. You've got to use a line on this. So it's definitely going to dictate, um, you know, how you're you're moving around the level. And it it, yeah, it's got a good feel to it. It really does. And originally this game was, was 400 points. And at that time, I really didn't feel like it was worth it. And I actually did pass on this because I was like, there's no way I, I could see anybody buying this for 400 because it's just not enough there. Um, and it was polished enough, but I just I just couldn't see it. And then he amazingly enough dropped it all the way down to 80. Which I wouldn't expect. I would have expected him to drop down to 240. Because honestly, I think it is worth 240 for the amount of work he put into it. And the other game I'm going to be looking at is Galax Email. And uh, this game has a, a, you know, soft spot in my heart, which unfortunately means it's probably going to get shredded by you guys. But oh well, I guess that's just the way it goes. And yeah, this is this is one of the first games I ever bought for the uh, the indie game service, which used to be called Community Games for, for those who were keeping track of it. And I originally paid 200 for this. It's 240 now. It's a little bit more, but I I assume the developer wanted to maintain that price range so they didn't lose profits or something. So yeah, I've got a little bit of mixed feelings about that. But overall, it really does 
take a simple concept and you know it doesn't quite do what some of the other games i've looked at do it does take a more of a retro approach but it does it it does it in a right way i guess i have to explain that a bit and what i mean by that is it's gradually adding more elements and it's going to add more of these elements as you get further into the game and it's got something really quirky when you beat a level the game actually gives you the option of how far ahead you want to skip so you can end up going from level one to level 100 in five shots the gameplay is really solid you've got one ship but you've got other ships that you actually collect into a sort of mini fleet and you go around uh, attacking all these planets and the whole premise of this game is you're destroying these planets that create these enemies that are stopping you from delivering your email which sounds incredibly mundane and it's the most off-kilter storyline I've ever heard for such a mundane task sending someone an email but it's quite funny and, it, and, the, and the fact that it's narrated in the beginning actually kind of you know, it actually endeared the game a little bit to me because it's just it's just funny hearing someone explain it. And that, that makes a difference to me. It may not make a difference to other people. But yeah, the game has power-ups. It's got everything you would expect a game like this to have. There really are no weak points in this game that I could see offhand. It lets you change the, the type of ship you're flying. So you've got a fast one. You've got a, you know, a, a well-rounded one. And you've got a slower kind of power horse, you know, type ship. And you could do all of this on the fly, and everything in this game feels really fluid. While I do wish this game would be 80 points, I absolutely think it's worth it for the, for the 240. If somebody really likes this game, absolutely pick this up, because I, I don't think you'll regret it. There's, there's really a lot of game here, and it's got some amazing repo value to it. This is made by the Ericsson Brothers, which their development team is called Bog Turtle Games. And I would like to see something more from these guys. I don't think there's anything new coming out from them, but really definitely do support these guys. This was a really good effort. Um, it's a really solid game. Yeah, and I, I couldn't endorse this game anymore. Like I said, it's got a really soft spot in my heart, but you know, hopefully some other people will find that they like this game as well, because it's a really solid game. Okay, so there we go. Um, I'd like to start tonight for a change. Whatever. I know. For a change. Go ahead, uh, start. Along came a spider. I absolutely love that game. I yeah. I've, honestly, to God, I have played and I've played hours. Really, dude. That game. It is yeah. one of the most solid platformers that I've seen on the indie games so far. It, it's a really good game. Oh, the the it's precise. It goes exactly where you expect it to go. Yep. It expands. It changes. It challenges. I love it. Absolutely. And you can play it, it in Spanish, French, or English. There you go. But yeah, I absolutely love that game. It's one, honestly, one of my best buys off the indie games to date. I have to say, and yeah. I can't honestly, I can't say any more. I just love it. Absolutely yeah. love it. I mean, what? Do you and think? then there's Galaxy Mail. Yeah, do you know, I played this a long time ago um, when we first started looking at the indie game. So probably going back about twelve months ago, just after Community Games started coming out, and I wasn't overly impressed back then. And I still, it's okay. It's not a terrible game, but it's just no hooks for me. I don't, I don't find myself being drawn back into it. I sort of played for a little bit, and I was like, eh. whereas. Yeah. 
you know, whereas along came a spider, I just want to find out what the next level is going to throw at me, you know, because each level is so different. And, you know, and it's, you know, you get to about level nine and I've just got one one fly missing off level nine so far. I'm up to about level 14 and I just cannot do that level. Uh, but but some of the stuff he chose and you're like, how the hell did he think to do that? And you've got to guide your little spider through these electric things that are about a centimeter apart. And you're like, oh, my God. And one of the. One of the best things I like about it is like using the bungee rope in worms, you know, when you're, when you're on the thread. And it's, it just feels like that. And once you get used to doing it, you can really, you know, maneuver around the levels really, you know, fluidly. I just love it. Absolutely love it. But Galaxy Email, yeah, not as impressed, I have to say. But yeah, what do you think, Duke? Come on, what do you think? Yeah, I, I feel pretty much the same way. Like, Long Time Spider is awesome. I I played the demo and then I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll buy this because you know, I mean, I, I I suppose it was as much to reward them for making a fun game as for anything. I mean, I'll probably finish it, but um, I just really love the elegant simplicity of it, and the backgrounds are sublime and uh, pleasant to look at, and, you know, it's, it's obviously the graphics are nothing special, but that's okay. It doesn't matter. The gameplay is fun, and that's really the important thing, and they nailed it. So, they did a good job. Kudos to them. Uh, Galaxy Mail, I suppose it's a decent idea, but it just felt... I don't know, not fun. It was just sort of like fly around, shoot at stuff. You can change your ship, which is cool, but I don't know. I just didn't really get into it. I don't suppose there's anything really wrong with it, but it just wasn't very fun to me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. The other thing just to mention, I, I, I forgot to mention with uh, Along Came a Spider, the legs of your lives, which is quite an interesting concept. Oh, yeah. So you get eight legs, and, and every time you die, one of your legs falls off, basically. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> so, there you go. Yeah, it's great. Really great. Uh, Ginny, what do you think? I love a little camera spoiler. I think it's awesome. I think we got uh, unanimity there. Uh, I, I lo- it's, yeah, everything you guys have said. It's a platformer. It's a simple idea. That's what indie games should be. Like, a, you know, just a simple core idea. Um, you know, done well. And the, the only, when I was playing it, I was like, uh, oh, "This is this is really good," but uh, you know, like, how hey, hey, more much more can they throw at me? And then it said, "You can hook onto the edges." I went, "Instant boy, yes!" All right, and as soon as you could hook onto stuff, I was like, "Yes, this is awesome." Uh, I like it. You know, it's just got a cool, you know, art style to it. You know, what's um, crazy that hooking onto the edges stuff is a better mechanism than the Bionic Commando game that came out. Exactly. Do you know? What, do you know what? Later in the game, you can actually then make bridges with it as well. So you hook onto nice. one. And when you go, you press B and it actually attaches to another one, so That's you can make yourself awesome. little bridges as well. It, yeah, it just gets better and better as you play it's along. Very good. I, I thought it was uh, it's very well done. Uh, the only thing I thought that was well, could be kind of annoying is because like, I really like the music in it. Um, but by the end of the trial, I was kind of getting a bit sick of it. But that's not a big problem. Hopefully, like the music changes with each stage. I don't know. It changes it, a little bit, but we know, don't we, from speaking to the guy yeah, yeah. That, that there's limitations. There's limitations. You, I understand yeah, that. I totally get that. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to knock you for that, because, you know, if you want, you can just kind of put your iPod on or play music for your Xbox. So it's not a big deal. Um, yeah, so I, I thought it was great. Uh, and, yeah, I, I, it really, I don't know why he's so angry, though. That spider's really angry. <laughs> and it, I don't know why... Well, it's even the boss fights as well. You get boss fights in the game, which well, are funny. But he's really angry. He's like, what's he doing? <laughs> he's like... <laughs> uh, yeah, the, 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 the Galaxy email. Uh, Galaxy email. Um, I thought it was a cool idea. I'll, I'll give him, you know, plenty of uh, imagine, you know, a lot of imagination put into the to the story and stuff. 
And uh, the little the little intro wasn't terrible, you know what I mean? Like because we what was that uh, Battle Arena? Remember that one? Or Creed Arena? Oh yeah. And the, the voice acting was like really bad, and it was just like the inner world, right? And this is you know it's, it's kind of funny. And um, but once you start playing the game, it's, it it just got very boring very quickly, you know. Like it was like oh, I can change my ship, yeah, big deal, you know. And I, I thought the turning circles as well was a bit odd because I'd try and get an item and I'd spend like you know. Ten seconds trying to like just circling myself around that item. <laughs> yeah, I've done that. Uh, so I, you know, and I just felt a little bit. I mean, because you bump into other things, you don't kind of like merge into them, or they don't kind of fly around you. Like they, you knock into them, and it affects your flight. And it that was really off-putting, especially when you've got like four or five ships yeah. that you follow. That was like really odd. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I just thought it got old very quickly, and it wasn't it wasn't really worth two hundred forty points. But along came spot that amazing. I thought it was great. Yeah. yeah. Really good. Um, out of interest, I did send him an email just to sort of tell him how much I loved his game and thought it was really, really cool. And do you know what? You know, and and I've got to say, look, indie game developers, right, get a website and, and put it on the internet and then people can find you because this guy was so difficult to track down. He's, you know, I put Wobbly Tooth Games in and I got the Tooth Furry game about 50 million times. You yeah. know, it's probably not the best name for a company to be honest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because when you Google Wobbly Tooth, you get all sorts of stuff. Um, and I and I couldn't find I couldn't find a website for him or anything. And the, the well, I mean, some of them are probably just you know some guy in his basement. Yeah, true. But this game is so well done. You'd expect this guy has quite a lot of experience, you know, or something, because it's a really well put together game. Uh, yeah. But anyway, I, fi- I finally found him on the on the X and A forums. Is how I came. I went on the X and A, and I thought, well, I'll put it in there because. You know, if he's on the X and A, he'll come up. And he he put um, a little post asking for someone to help him with the translation for the other countries. Uh uh, Yeah. So that's how I found his email. But anyway, that's cool. I love that that attention to detail. Like, hey, people might play this game that don't speak English. I'm going to give them a little something, something. Yeah. It's cool. So I sent to him. So anyway, this is what he said. So I said, you know, I really love your game. What were your inspirations? You know, how did you come about, sort of thing. So basically, this is what he this is what he wrote back. Hi. Uh, glad you liked the game. It started with the idea of making a whole level out of physics rope. I okay. thought now consoles would be able to handle this, and I hadn't seen it done before. So okay. I started knowing only it was going to be a platformer made out of rope. Uh, then the idea of actually calling it silt led to the idea of having a spider as a main character. Until then, it was just going to be some traditional human character in a world made of rope. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to make something that didn't just rely on combat and collecting lots of stuff and see if it would work. The next big idea for me was the realisation that instead of the flies just being static collectibles, I think of them as the stars in Mario because they help unlock mm-hmm. levels, i.e. worth getting. Yeah. But what would happen if they ran away from you? Then uh-huh. things started to fall into place. The bosses were the other idea that I was really pleased with. I wanted to do a boss but without combat, so I racked my brain for a long time until I realised that you needed to crawl up the arm or leg to scare the boss away. Uh-huh. I hope players would get this, but it was hard to communicate. I think the scream helps. Uh, yeah, the game has right. yeah the game has recently been reduced to eighty points. Hope that helps Foley. So there you go. So that's what he that's what he had to say. But yeah, you know, big kudos because yeah. that that to me is what all the indie games should be like. You know, that to me is you know it's original. It's it's oh, sure. interesting. It works. It's well done. It makes you want to play it again. You know, yeah, and sure. there's so many indie games get it wrong. But yeah, definitely kudos. Anyway, moving on. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've been ever so happy to play an indie game. It's really weird. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a new experience. It's a class act. Kudos and yay yeah. to Quanran for bringing us to that. 
Definitely, yeah, big, yeah, big shout out to Quanrian for for pointing us in the right direction. But and also, Quanrian, you suck for bringing us Galaxy. Man. No, I don't think I'm just Galaxy. kidding. I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah. Oh, you got to be careful. He loves that game. He really does love that game. <laughs> well, so. then I don't. No, I'm not careful because people who love games that are stupid. I don't have any he loves that. that game. He loves that game. Um, yeah, I think. Yeah, God, yeah, I think we need to we need to move on, don't we? Yes. Uh, but as always, you know, we like to we like to do lists on this show, don't we? So I we thought do. we'd I thought we'd have a list. Oh, I I've got a special. I've got a special list. <laughs> I've got a special. I say I'm list crazy. Yeah, I've oh, got a no, list yeah, I'm gonna make you do it. I'm oh. gonna make you do it. <laughs> I'll just sit it as well. I know. I'm gonna You're gonna make, make who do it? Achini's gonna love gonna doing this. Do it in a guess what it's about. Five things you don't know about Alan Wake. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! <laughs> <laughs> See, you think Why I'm are you doing everything. this to us? Here's five things you apparently you don't know. So so here we go. Go for it, Chini. <laughs> All right, five things. I'll get through these quickly. Then it's pointless. Stu, you're not allowed to talk to Shut up. Oh come on. <laughs> uh, no, you're not. No, I'm being no because you're just going to go on and on and on. All right. Okay. okay num- number one, there are more vehicles than you would expect. If you've been paying attention, you won't be surprised to hear that you'll be able to drive vehicles in Alan Wake. Big whoop-de-doo. Welcome to GTA. It's been established for years, but according to Remedy lead writer Sam Lake, there will be quite a few of these. Uh, in the game. Expect helicopters, boats, and other types of vehicles and machines, perhaps not traditionally used, in games. Uh, uh, what's that? Lake Shuri? What, what's that? Lake. Larry. That's, that's his name. Is that his name? Sam Lake. Sam He's Lake. called Sam Lake. All right, oh, yeah, that didn't make sense. Alan <laughs> Wake, <laughs> Sam Lake, Bob uh, I did. I was like, what lake? What lake is that? <laughs> 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 All right, Lake, Lake that clarifies, though, that... Not all of these will be under the player's direct control. So sometimes you'll ride along while somebody else drives, and sometimes you'll be attacked by an enemy controlled by contraptions. There you go. Uh, number two, bugs make the best feature. As mentioned above, at many points in the game, the mysterious power known as the darkness will take over uh, vehicles and use them as weapons against players. But uh, that wasn't the plan all along. Early on in the project, this is quite uh, Mr. Lake, early on in the project we had a physics-related bug in the game and certain objects would start shaking violently and would kill you if you stepped too close. It was scary and now uh, that's how the concept of objects being possessed by darkness was born. So that's cool. So like, they, yeah. uh, they they come up with a whole game concept from a, from an in-game bug, which is not a bad idea. Okay, uh, Wake got married in mid-development. So I'm not, it's quite a big uh, paragraph, so I'll just say, yeah, he wasn't married, now he's married. Number four. Uh, <laughs> Why is that important? Uh, uh, well, it's what you don't know. It doesn't necessarily seem important. I <laughs> uh, don't care I about don't know. Uh, Number four, the hoods are gone. Uh, okay. Uh, if you look closely at the evolution video above, there's a video above of the the very first trailer and the new trailers. You'll see a hooded man chasing Alan Wake in one of the game's early trailers. But in the most recent footage of the game, they've remained out of sight while Alan Wake has fought against somewhat some more human-looking foes. According to Lake, there's no big secret here. The hooded men were simply early versions of the Taken enemies in the game. So much like Wake's uh, foe hawk and brightly coloured shirt, they don't look like they'll make a return in the finished game. And number five, this one is a spoiler. Shall we, we can... Yeah, no, let's go for it. Is it, what, is it Alan Wake spoiler? No, not, it's not really that much of a spoiler. Okay, Alan Wake, uh, <laughs> uh, this one is a spoiler, but it's also kind of awesome. 
so I had to include it. It turns out that Alan Wake's past, he made a career of writing best-selling crime thrillers set in New York City, where the protagonist was a hardball cop, says Lake. Uh, this was in response to a question about Easter eggs in the game that might refer to Remedy's previous franchise, Max Payne. So it's pretty easy to see what Lake's talking about here. The most interesting part of this, however, is that players will actually take control of a flashback sequence during that lifetime. Anyone want to guess if this, if the concept of his stories are coming to life around him might carry over for this segment as well? Number six, uh, there is a number six, you can look if you want. Number six is there are trees in Alan Wake, you might not know. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's trees? Number seven. Oh, I'm getting it now. First number day. Seven, you can also pre-order here. Get out of my way. Amazon.com pre-order. Number seven, you can also control Alan Wake with your thumb if you touch it on the uh, analog stick. Probably the left one. I bet you didn't know that. Oh, uh, can I just say, right, I don't want to talk about any of them so much, but I do want to just, Except... touch, just touch on the final one where he's saying that, you know, because, you know what, one of the things I always think in a lot of games, right, especially if it's some supposed run-of-the-mill character, how does he know how to shoot a gun and stuff like that? And you're always like, oh, you know, I mean, even if you take something like, you know, um, you know, Dead Space is a good example because he's supposedly just this engineer who can suddenly shoot everything with his tools, you know what I mean? And, you know, he's really accurate, you know, because you're controlling him or whatever. Well, he's an engineer and they are tools, they're not yeah, weapons. No, you know, or a, I know. Or, or even like Half-Life, you know, why, you know, why he's a professor. You know, a scientist suddenly able to shoot everything really accurately with machine well, guns. I have a feeling that if you're going and looking for plot holes in this game, you're not going to be bored. No, no. What I, no, what I'm coming back to is the fact at least the sort of, you know, if it was formerly a hard-boiled cop, that explains why he can actually shoot stuff. And a lot of games don't do that. So at least it's sort well, of Well, you know got... what? It's actually not that hard to shoot a gun and kill someone. I mean, something. Oh, yeah. I'm sure uh... I could pick submachine gun know exactly how to work it and shoot everybody you know on, how to work it. it here's the trigger here's the one you point at whatever you want to die That's load it up put like, the safety off stick the cap what did you do at secondary school really <laughs> i didn't do yeah, that <laughs> i didn't do that Dude. but you understand what i mean don't you because it's like you know i couldn't pick up a machine gun and shoot it effectively really? I mean, I'd be like, you're it all in the air somewhere, you know what I mean, with the recoil. You've no idea what it feels like to shoot a submachine gun if you've never shot one before. Not this week. No, you, and the recoil <laughs> would be amazingly strong, I would imagine. I have no idea. But yes, it's... but would that be fun in a game? No. No, but what I'm saying is at least they're explaining why he, why he can shoot stuff, because he's, you know, it was an Yes, expert. it's an incredible depth of characterization. No, it makes sense at least, because a lot of games don't. Yes, it makes sense. Oh, shut up. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on. Yeah, yeah whatever. Dude, you don't realise yeah. that you cannot bring Alan Wake up before the game comes out again. You know? I know, I know, but he's coming so out. You're, you're what is that, two weeks? Next week, next you're banned from talking about Alan Wake, and then you, you can only talk about it for one episode. It's out next week. That's all he's going to talk about in that episode. Do, 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 do. Yeah, no. i got to tell you, dude, I hope this game is fun for you. Like, I really hope it does meet yeah. my expectations. Yeah, no, but agree. the more you sing it up and start talking about how amazing it's going to be, the more I'm hoping that it kind of sucks that it comes <laughs> yeah. crashing down on you. Yeah, well, do you know, yeah. it's still, so I'm not going to admit it because I've been waiting I'm so start long. talking about Last Guardian every time you bring up Alan Wake. I've heard, I've heard uh, mixed things about it, though. Like, uh, IGN America, I love it, but IGN UK hate it. So yeah. it's like, what the hell? But IGN America love Heavy Rain, 
but IGN UK hate Heavy Rain, so maybe... Yeah, but it's nothing it's... like Heavy Rain, really. No, I'm just saying, but, like, they hated a game... Uh, you know, they hate Heavy Rain, and they hate Alan Wake. I'm not comparing those games, but they, they must have similar kind of, uh, you know, tastes. And then America, all the America editors like Heavy Rain, and they all like Alan Wake, so I'm just thinking... Maybe it's a British thing. Maybe we just hate everything. Yeah. Duke, Duke's part British. are known British. for whinging. Duke, <laughs> yeah. is, Duke is part British because he's, he's on the podcast <laughs> and that kind of puts British into his oh. blood. So, um, yeah, so, you know, and Duke moans a lot, so that makes it British. Yeah, there you go. Um, yeah, actually, we were, you know, we were going to talk about Bungie signing, signing the deal with Activision, but you know what? Oh, no, we weren't. No, Duke's found somebody who can, can explain the deal better than we can, can't he? Haven't you, Duke? Yeah, do you I want think to so. That? Is this about uh, who? Bobby Kotick? Is that him? Yeah, the devil, the devil himself. Yeah, he's well, you know, I mean, he's he's made a deal, and he's a lot like rock for rock against drugs, as Bill Hicks said. Flawless, soulless, pieces of shit, suckers of Satan's cock, each and every one of them. <laughs> Corporate little bitches. Yep. So that's what Bungie have done, apparently. <laughs> so, so what do you think, Chini? <laughs> uh, that, 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 I know it's, it, it, it is Activision, and you know they they like to kill their franchises and stuff. Uh, but I think Bungie would be very careful. I'd love to be in a meeting though, where like Activision like, come on then, sign it, and then Bungie would be like, oh, can we talk about that thing that you did to Infinity Ward? Yeah, too, uh, it was way too late by that stage. There's started... a lot you don't know about that whole situation. Don't I'll tell you all anyway, about it later. For now, anyway, let's just, yeah, sign just, have a just sign it. Just just put it down there. We'll we'll talk about it on the drink layer. Just just put it. Please put it there. Put we want we want money. We want money. Actually, it was hey, you won ten thousand dollars. Would you like to receive your prize? Just sign this. Hey, what I would have done if I was Activision, I would have gone. Oh, you're that guy from Bungie. Can I have your autograph? Ha 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 ha. Um. But yeah, suffice to say, by the way, the, this deal was broken about started brokering about nine months ago. Oh, so or any of this stuff. No. So yeah. it's, not, it's, it's only just settled, but it's been in talks for nine months. But yeah. uh, they've been very careful. They said that whatever IP they come up with, which I'm sure they're working on right now, that it will be owned by Bungie. Activision do not own the company Bungie. They just own the rights to publish their games. They do not own any IP. Yeah, for ten years is a long ten year, but, time. Yeah, but it's just it's a publishing uh, deal. Anyway, but, we said we weren't going to talk about it, so yeah. that's it. I'm just saying like, they've been very cautious about it, and I don't think... You know, like, Activision don't own their game, so it's not... Like, you know, they're not going to turn around and say, you know, uh, like we want, we we can take your franchise and give it to another developer, and you can make one every year, like Call of Duty and stuff. That uh, it's it's solely going to be bungees. So they'd be careful. It's not it's not all bad. So anyway, what I'd like to move on to, yeah. So that's enough for the bungee stuff, because you know who cares. Uh, yeah, moving on. Yeah, what I'd like to talk about is something sort of PC-related, but could affect console games, if you will. So I want to just to sort of touch on this a little bit. And it is regarding APB, which they've, they've finally detailed, because they, they had all this stuff, oh, the pricing plan, it's going to be this, it's going to be this, it's gonna, we're going to try and do something different, blah, blah, blah. So they've, they've detailed now how they're going to charge people to play APB, okay? And okay. It, it's a very interesting model, I have to say. So this is how World it... World of Warcraft? No, nothing like World of Warcraft. Okay, so it's an MMO. It's like, you know, normally most MMOs pay so much a month and you play the game. But the way this will work is, okay, you pay thirty four ninety nine for the game, you know, from the shop, as you always would. But that includes 50 hours or the first 50 hours of game time. So that's what you get. So for thirty four ninety nine, you get the game and, and the first 50 hours for free. 
in event and unlimited free access to the, all the social districts where all the game's customizations takes place. So you get basically access to everything in the game for the first 50 hours. After that, after you've used up your 50 hours, you buy them in blocks of 20 hours for £5.59 a time. Or six dollars, seven dollars. I mean, what do you think? I mean, what do you think of this? What do you uh, think? I like it. I mean, it won't work on consoles. That 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 model. I, I thought we established this a while ago. I don't know. Fifty hours is a long time to get for free. You know, or well, not for free, but you know, to play the game for fifty hours is a long time. You know, oh, and then this, if... is, this is not coming to consoles, huh? Well, there's, there's apparently there's been some that was stuff. the implication he was leading yeah, to. There's some stuff come out this week that says maybe it it's, it maybe it's development. It's not gonna, I'll tell you now. It's not gonna. <laughs> Why? I'll tell, Why? I'll, I'll tell you now. Right? No. Microsoft hate MMOs. I will tell you that now. And right, PS3 about... players aren't even willing to pay for an online service yeah. at all. Why would they? Put them on the phone the now. Right? I've got Microsoft <laughs> on the phone now. Right? Is it Steve Bomber? No, it's not Steve. It's a chap called Johnny. He works. Uh, he's, he's the delivery boy. Anyway, he told me that. That they hate MMOs. They, they, you know, you're already paying for the service. They don't like them. Halo was going to be Halo was going to have its own MMO. They scratched it. Oh, isn't the Halo Reach beta coming out? It's like true. today. Um, but they don't like it, Stu, and I don't think it's coming at all. No, I'm not saying, but if they did release an MMO, for instance, right, you know, there's been a lot. Listen, listen. There's been a lot of rumors of a Call of Duty MMO. So how are they going to do that? You know, there's been a lot of rumors of that coming. Well, that's why it's still just a rumor, though. Yeah, but you know what? I'll, you know, you know, they've had a taste. But you know of what? I think it's going to happen. So it's going to happen. Craft and cherry, you know. Until, until it does come out, I could continue Activision to say know that. how <laughs> much money can be made from that. So you know, we're talking about Bobby Kotek here. I think there's a good chance he'd be willing to try it. You know, oh, well, but we're talking about, we were talking about APB, not not. Call no, of no, Duty. but what I'm saying is, you know, that would be this another first step, MMO, man. You know. I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd mind this so much. We've got 50 hours initially. And what, the, what they're also doing, if you customise stuff in the game, you can actually sell it in-game, and that gives you credits, which you can convert into game time. So if you sort of make some cool vehicles and sell them to other people in the game, you know, on, on the, they have, they'll have like a marketplace in the game. I, I assume it's a bit like the, uh, the Forza 3, yeah. Porno cars. Yeah, all that sort of stuff, yeah. You, you can convert that into points, and then you can use that to buy game time packages. Uh. Dude, so that's it's how it works. coming. I don't know. I don't you're know. Gonna have to, you're going to have to play it on the PC, I'm afraid. Yeah, not, not on mine. Gonna, which not he's not going to do. Yeah, not on mine. It don't work. Not hey, that reminds me. What about that contest? Do we have a winner? No, we have, we have one entry, but I'm going to give it till you know this Friday when, when, you know, when we release so the when show. When this comes out, we'll have a winner. We will have a winner. Well, we will have and a winner. It's going to be announced on the next week. It won't be announced until next week, but I will contact them. So we're announcing it on the live show. Yes, we'll announce it on the live yeah. show. But, they'll, they'll but know if you haven't been contacted, you didn't yeah. win. Yeah, you'll know by then. <laughs> know by then. Uh, but we've had one entry, so you know, keep them coming in. You know, although I guess it won't make any odds because we'll have decided by the time this show goes out. Anyway, <laughs> so that one entry's got a good chance. Yeah, that one entry's got a good chance unless anyone else yeah. uh, sends one in. But you know, the people know. People knew, or people knew, should I say? Yeah, if you cool. didn't know before, if you didn't listen to last week's show, well, it's too late. Just never yeah. mind. Moving on. Who <laughs> knows? Um, yeah, uh, what I want to move on next? Yeah, there's some, been some Fallout New Vegas uh, uh, details, which I've already... finally now we're talking. I Go know. Ahead. I you might quite like this. I know you quite might like this. Uh, but yeah, basically, it's going to be very similar. I think it's it's fair to say. What to about the hardcore so. mode? Steve? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to get to. Yeah, they're going to have a hardcore mode in the game, which you can get to choose to do right at the beginning of the game. What is that? So basically, if you, if you do hardcore mode, 
you have to eat and drink. You know, visit the doctors when you get injured. You yeah, know, you have so, to do that anyway. Yeah, but on this apparently it's a lot harder and sort of you, you know have to, you have to eat you have to eat and drink to survive. To like survive. You will, you will if you don't eat, eventually you will die. Yeah, like, you know like yeah, yeah. Uh, also bullets have yeah. weight instead of just guns like uh, like, eh. like everything. So yeah, it's just like ramping everything up. It's it's making it as, as long as really, it's an option and I can not do option. it. That's fine. Yeah. I don't care. It's an option. So what you could do, which I think what what I'll probably do is play the game normal. You know, yeah. play the play, yeah, and then go back and play well, yeah, then, then go back and do it again and uh, see what it's like. But yeah, it's an option, so it's fine. Sure. I mean, this time around, what's interesting, you know, most you know um, Bethesda type games, and I know this isn't Bethesda, but obviously it's you know it's from them and what have you. But they they tend to try and like to open the games, you know, in summer, and then there's this sort of sudden, you know, you come outside and suddenly see the light and all that sort of stuff. Whereas this game's just going to start off. Straight in the game world, so you're not going to yeah, be. Well, you can't do that same thing. Yeah, you're not going to be in some bunker no. somewhere. You're basically with a doctor and he's fixing you up. But here's the question: You're not. You don't think there's a chance that you're supposed to be the same person, do you? Nope. You're not no, the same. Person. I don't. I wouldn't have thought so. Not that I'm sure. Yeah. Sure, that's not going to be like a twist at the end. Like, by the way, say hi to your dad for me. Like, oh no, my I think God. I think they've already already released like details of the guy, and he's like a messenger and stuff. And uh... yeah, but it might be that once you got Project Purity going again, you were like, I'm well, you know, like, we can't. We can't, I mean, like, if that's the case, then we should know about it. I just it? want something that's like you're definitely not the same person. All right. Yeah, Otherwise, I'm gonna go convince, I'm gonna be like convinced that you are the same person. It's set a hundred years later. How about that? So you live for a hundred years? No, no, no. It's not even set a hundred years later. Um, okay, I just you, refute in this game. You make. In this game, you're a hermaphrodite. There you go. There so you, go. you could be. It's a nuclear wasteland. The the mutation turned you into a. You have three penises in this game. Yeah, three penises. <laughs> doesn't matter what gender you choose. You still have three penises. Is that does that make you the same person? Uh, that means you're nine toes from Borderlands. <laughs> yeah. So there you go. So that's oh, it. Tell anything from these screenshots? No, I mean, you can tell that it's exactly the same thing, but in yeah, Vegas, exactly. it's like, right, like, right. It's a nuclear wasteland. It looks very similar. Yeah, I, I think there might be some more interesting no. characters and locations. You I'll, know, I'll of course, that's this. the thing. I'll, is it's I'll, all about the story. That's the DLC too. I mean, they all DLC tended to look pretty similar, but yeah, you know, I'm up for this. I'm, I'm definitely. But could this well, have been the next? It being an expansion pack that was opposed to a full retail. Oh, who cares? There's so much in the game. I mean, if it's anything like Fallout Three, it's it's gonna have you know hours and hours yeah. of gameplay. You know, it's oh, gonna be totally worth it. I think it's gonna be on par with Fallout Three, where like you know you're 50 hours in and you're halfway through, pretty much. This isn't the Crossing, dude. This is a real game, man. No, the but then, then yeah, right, the whatever. Yeah, but then if you consider uh, the Shivering Isles for Oblivion, that was about 35 to 40 I know, and they, they, they actually talked about the Shivering Isles, and they said that it was too big. It was, they, they thought it was too big for DLC, because back then, they didn't really know what DLC was, they didn't know what to do with it, and they, they thought they found that the right balance with Fallout 3, you know, like they give you just enough... No, actually, what they actually meant was, ooh, if they released this as a retail game instead of... See, we'd have made more money! But it, it's, it's also... <laughs> It's it's also uh, a fact a dead to the fact that like you know time restraints as well. I think it's easy to make these games, and yeah, you make more money off them. But people, I was satisfied with those five DLC packs. I thought that was well done. Um, yeah, oh totally. You know, I, like I, if it's worth paying, yeah, they're trying to get money. That's why everybody makes games, Stu. You can't deny that, right? But like, if it's worth paying for, then I'll pay for it. You know, and uh, I, I don't mind the way they did it. And they said that 
um, shivering arms was just too much, uh, too too much on the you know the development side, uh, too big of an expansion pack, and they just kind of scaled it back. So yeah, you know, I, I think Fallout New Vegas is going to be just enough content, uh, you know, on par with Fallout Three, which is fine by me. I don't care. Yeah, no, I actually agree. I mean, Shivering Isles was brilliant because it, it literally was like a brand new game. You know, it was like a whole game in itself and it was so well done, you know, and it had its own middle, beginning and end and, you know, it was really good. Really, really good. Um, right, yeah, okay. So there you go. So that's full on new Vegas. So you excited, Duke, for this? You excited? Oh, absolutely, baby. This yeah, is going to be awesome. Awesome. Um, <laughs> Yeah, what I'd like to move on to next, you know, we did we did topic uh, a couple of topics a couple of weeks ago for the shows, and I thought we'd have another one this week. And uh, what I'd like to touch on, Duke uh, put a link to a post on the site regarding, you know, are the lines between hardcore and casual blurring? So that's that was basically the post he put up, and it was linked to a story off another site. I can't remember where it was now. Um, Game news site web. Yeah, it was one of those. It was one of those. But you know, I I had a good think about this, and I'd like to you know know what you you know find out what your views are really, and do you, you know do you think they are blurring a little bit? I think in a way they are. I think that um, we're starting to understand. I think that I mean this is my hope. I don't know if it's the actual reality, but I actually think maybe it's going more in the other direction. But here's the thing: I think that people are starting to realize that these definitions aren't as clear cut as they should have been if we're going to have any meaningful distinction between them. And I don't think it's necessary to have a distinction between them because I think the whole hardcore concept kind of came about because people felt threatened. They're like, I've been playing games for years, and now these people playing these Wii games or whatever it is, you know, Bejeweled I think was one of the first ones, and even Tetris before it, people are like, that's not a real game. I'm a hardcore game. I play a real game and blah, blah, blah. And I think it's just, I don't know. I, I think that there's no need for that because as somebody on the site points out, like, we, a lot of us who play hardcore games also like playing casual games like Peggle and whatever. So, I, I, I mean, I, I think you could incorporate some elements from one into the other. But on the other hand, I would also say that, you know, with the advent of, like, Major League Gaming and, you know, like, this whole mindset that some people have. Like, I see my students, in some cases, being all worked up about being, like, hardcore gamers. And they're so dismissive and arrogant when it comes to, like, somebody who says, like, oh, I like playing Peggle or whatever it is. They're just like, what? I even had a student who was like, I don't remember what he said. I was like, he was talking about one kind of game. Like, he, I think he was talking about COD 4, I think. And I said, what about Gears of War? You like that? He goes, no, that game sucks. And I was like, well, I like it. And he goes, that cause, that's because you suck at video games. And I was like, okay, that's rude. And, like, what a stupid attitude to have. Like, my game is the real game, and people who don't like my game are just stupid and pathetic. So I just don't like that whole attitude. I mean, I, I don't think, you know, I know you've made the comparison we play casual games and we play hardcore games. But I, I, I actually think developers are starting to dumb down their games so they appeal to a bigger audience. That's what I think is happening. You know, you give I, me an example. I mean, a good example is... I mean, one of the examples I think of is... You know, Assassin's Creed 2 is probably a good example of that. That was uh, dumbed down. No, but you know what? How easy was it to maneuver around those buildings? You know, there was no... Yeah, but there was no skill in, in the past. That would have been really difficult to do on purpose. Yeah, but... But... but, but... It would have been. But why was that fun, though? I mean, I agree with you that that's a trend to make it a little easier. Yeah, yeah, but that's what hardcore was, not it? I can do that because I'm really skilled at this game. You know, I've, you know, that's me. I'm skilled. And if you can't do it, you're just rubbish. 
You know, but that's how it used but to be. But, but, but I know a lot of people who would still try to play Assassin's Creed 2, and they'd be like, this is too hard, I'm not bothering. Possibly. But the other thing that I think has happened, and I think this is probably a little bit more, you know, of, of probably, you know, more significant, is the way that games end these days. You know, it's very rare now that we get a big, like, hard boss fight at the end of games anymore. Crackdown? No, that's not... No, not at all. Well, okay. And it that was hard for four me. years old. That's four years oh, old. Saying, that that's the first thing game. I can't... Bioshock? Yeah, but... That's again. That's like three years old now. All the games oh, I've played recently, they're all quick time. The quick time events, all of them, they've all been quick time events. Well, Bioshock wasn't quick time event. It wasn't Bioshock hard, wasn't a quick time event. But that oh, was old. Come on, oh, man. Bioshock Two. Oh, I don't care about Bioshock Two. No, no, no. Bio, just... yeah, but Bioshock's three years old. I'm talking about that games. Doesn't matter. Recent games. Well, what about okay, modern? You can't talk about this, Stu. So let me let me let the adults talk for a second. Uh, modern Warfare Two. Would we say that falls into this category? Because it's not really. I mean, there's some hard fighting that goes on at the end there, but then the final scene is. It's like that slow motion thing. It's like COD Four. Yeah. Yeah. And what what about Splinter Cell Conviction? Then explain that one to me. I don't think. Wasn't there a statistic that 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 most players don't really reach the ending? Yeah, but I think that's why they've become easier. I think games are getting easier for people. I just, I just think I think uh, boss battles have just become less, uh, you know, relevant because, you know, stupid is is it that the, the hardest goal you fight will be the last goal you fight? You know, sometimes you just and should that necessarily be the case? But yeah. then you've got to also ask yourself. You know, we know worldwide now there's been what forty million Xbox three sixty sold plus and thirty million PS threes. You know, and not all of that audience is going to be like people like us who play games week in week out. You know, and those game developers know that that's money in their pockets if they sell those games to everybody. So, of course, games are getting easier because they want to sell more. It just makes sense. Of course they are. But I don't know if, the, if, if, if a lot of people are like... I mean, maybe that's true about games in general. I don't know if that's necessarily connected to boss fights. No, no, but I'm just saying games in... Yeah, yeah but I do think, you know, I, I think game endings have changed a lot. You know, it's uh, even like Gears of War 2. Gears of War 2, what was that ending like then? Uh, compared to the first one. It was a terrible ending. But there uh, was no fight at all, was there? There was really. none. And no, a lot I'm, of I'm, games it, are like that now. I, I know, but like, I, what, I, what I think is, uh, is going on is games Games have changed a lot, right? We can all agree that. Games have changed a lot. You know, you played that, what was that, the thing, right? And you, you, know, you said, like, the controls are weird and it doesn't save right and all this. And the, but the terminology hasn't really changed, right? So... You know, things like game saves and stuff has, has only been, you know, they, it's not that they, they didn't want to do it before, it's that they couldn't do it, right? And now, you know, it's a lot easier to do it, you know, saving where you want in games like Half-Life and Bioshock are very difficult to do, you know? Uh, and now it's becoming easier. Auto-save has, has helped us a lot, you know, with things like Call of Duty and stuff, we just don't even think about saving anymore. And I think that they've made games accessible because they can now, not because they didn't want to before. And then back to the the, the whole casual thing, uh, going off on that is, you know, like what is, you know, the, the terminology is all strange now because what is a casual game? Because you know, people who play Call of Duty like Modern Warfare 2, solidly, you know, some people would call them hardcore gamers because that's all they play. They just play that. They don't care. 
some people will call them casual gamers because they don't play anything else. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, so, yeah. And, 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 a lot of, and a lot of people who do play it, I count myself in this, play it in a kind of casual way. Like, I'll go on, I'll play it for 20 minutes, have some yeah. rounds, good rounds, exactly. bad rounds, it doesn't really matter. Another example and, is, uh, sorry to cut you off, Dick, no, but another ahead. example is, you know, Greg, we all love Greg DeLacy from the Overseas Connection. He's got a kid now, he's a dad, right? I'd consider, well, I don't want to use the word hardcore because that, that kind of um, contradicts myself, but I consider, consider him an avid gamer, right? He likes games, he plays games, he's invested in them, he takes part in them, he plays all sorts of games. But if you were to kind of count his hour time on how much he plays games, you would say he's a casual gamer because he doesn't play many, right? And people who play Guitar Hero, right? I've got to face high class for the Couch Mercenaries on a, on a rock, rock band um, competition, Right, and he, he, he says that he's playing in tournaments and stuff. Oh, right, yeah. and you know how how hardcore you know. So he's a hardcore player a lot of that yeah. game. But Guitar yeah. Hero and Rock Band are considered like casual games. So the the, the the terms just don't don't have any validity anymore. I don't think they they I need agree. to be changed. They 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 don't make any sense. Like a a, a person, uh, I think that just the term gamer, a person who plays games and takes part in the industry and takes notice and plays a variety of games is enough. And then like a kind of social game, or like maybe just a, a dipping in and in and dips in and out of a game, and then the, the other people who just play one game. That's all they I play. I think I think it may be fair to say that it's much more important to talk about how a person plays than what a person plays. And yeah. traditionally, we've looked at what a person plays as a definition of what type type of gamer that person is. But I think it's much more valid to talk about how a person plays. I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I I brought up the definition of a hardcore gamer. I knew you wasn't listening. <laughs> I, I, well, no, I was listening. I'm doing this at the same time, um, but but it's interesting because it says usage usage of the word hardcore game. There's often confusion about what a hardcore gamer is. In other words, nobody can really tell you. Yeah, the term is often used to differentiate between types of hardcore gamers by such things as the amounts of time invested playing, the amount of money spent on gaming, how competitive the player is, preference for player versus player or player versus environment, game style or gameplay preference, or even the type of computer or console equipment used. Uh, it's like postmodernism. You find somebody who can define postmodernism in one sentence, oh, and I'll please, give you thousand dollars. Please don't talk about postmodernism, <laughs> You know, postmo, huh? Postmodern on The Simpsons. Okay, weird for the sake of weird. <laughs> I mean, you basically, know, realism, idealism, all that craziness. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo's Charlie Skibetti said, this is what his definition was, uh, they're usually the early adopters that want to get the latest version of something and they'll be the ones that put it through its paces the hardest and give us all the kind of feedback and tell us what they like and don't like. So that's what he thinks one is. I mean, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Sometimes it depends on the player's skill level as opposed to the time invested in the game. So, you know, you know, Greg could still be termed as a hardcore gamer because he's skilled at a game as opposed to plays it a yeah, lot. Yeah, it's, it's all about people's perceptions as well, though, because I used to it, right? You don't play multiplayer games. Well, not recently, anyway. You don't, no. you don't invest time in them. Um, but from somebody else who doesn't play games at all, right, and they spoke to you and you say, oh, I love games, or, I follow games, I love everything about them... Um, uh, they, they would go, well, you're a hardcore gamer because you you know about games. But then, you know, to somebody who plays multiplayer games and nothing else, you would be like a casual gamer because you just don't play hardcore games like he. And you, you know play what iPhone mean? games, which makes yeah. you talk, yeah. You play yeah. you play Peggle, which makes you gay. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we do, and you play exactly. games on it sometimes. But d- d- let's let's get things right. The Wii is gay. Um, <laughs> 
But yeah, you know, I, I, it's just it's all about how, how you perceive like what a hardcore gamer is. And I, I just don't think it exists anymore. It's yeah, it's postmodernism. It doesn't exist. It's hyper reality. It doesn't happen. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the final thing I'd like to say before we do move on is, uh, yeah, <laughs> what I was going to say, yeah, Mega Man Ten, Mega Man Ten when it came out, has suddenly got an easy mode, and I know it's not easy. Because I've heard he's still absolutely rock solid, even with an easy mode. But that game in the past would never, ever have had an easy mode. You know, yeah, and I think it is a sign of the times. I mean, even, yeah. even I do. Like, I mean, you play an old game now. I played Black recently. Well, not recently, about six months ago. And, and I, I loved the game when it first came out. And ne- I play it now. I was like, well, I have to play the whole game again. Like, level again. If I, have to, if I die, this is ridiculous. You know, and I, I can't play a game if I don't get handheld all the way through it. Uh, I think that's just a sign of the times. It's not my age or anything. You know, you give that to a kid now, and they're used to like Call of Duty or something, and they, they yeah, say the I same. Think, thing. I think that's a sensible evolution that we've seen. Yeah, it's, why it's was fractional. it preferable to make a person go through that whole thing <laughs> all over again? Especially yeah. since I now have a job, I have a life, I have responsibilities and stuff I got to take care of. Even when I was a kid, though, like, I mean, well, not, not not a kid, but a teenager, I remember like kind of playing games with my mates and stuff. And if I had to like go go back. And start all over again. I used to be like, fucking hell. You know what I mean? I used to be pissed off. Sure. Uh, yeah. uh, but we just kind of accepted it because that's the way it was. And yeah, yeah. it's a rational evolution. It's what's, yeah. what is like, yeah, we we found a problem in, in game design. We solved yeah. it. And now everybody's complaining that it's there. It's like, no. And I suppose, yeah. I mean, yeah, well, some people are complaining that it's... But I mean, you know, I, I think it does dovetail with their desire to make more money. Sure, that's probably true. But I don't mind. Yeah, I was going to say, actually, that, that probably illustrates my point, really, because, you know, back when Black was made, the the type of people who did play video games were those people who did play, you know, for large amounts of time and wanted to, ma- to master that game and, you know, be able to say to their friends, ah, you, I remember when Black came out, right, there was two guys who worked with me and they were having a competition to see who fi- who could finish the game the quickest, between them. But why does it matter? I know, but this is... I thought it was supposed to be fun. That's I the, know. Again, that's the, what I said before. Like, Saints Row and GTA 4. Like, GTA 4, I gave up on because it did have that same kind of thing. Like, you got to drive this huge distance and then wait for the train and then you can't chase it fast enough because it goes somewhere that you have to go around the spot. And then I, I just... I was like, I'm not having fun. And I don't care if people call me names because I didn't finish the game. I'm sorry. Well, it depends I'm, what you find I, is fun because... People think like true. getting achievements is fun, you know. People like yeah, getting yeah. achievement. That that is their fun. But sure. even if it's a bad game, it's like I got all those achievements. That was I enjoyed that. I enjoyed getting yeah. those achievements. Some yeah. people just sim- simply uh, like get fun from the, the the game, the game's content. You know what I mean? If this game itself. But see, I'm sorry. Fun, I'll, I'll stop. Right. I mean, for me though, I mean that's really what it comes down to, and I want to dissect that a little bit because. People might get a thrill out of an achievement, and I think there's an important distinction there because, like, when I play Modern Warfare 2, I don't always have fun. It's not always relaxing. Like, I think of it as, like, oh, it's time to relax, but it's often not relaxing because if I'm having, like, three crap rounds in a row, I get frustrated. I'm like, why can't I get any kills tonight? What's wrong with me, you know? And I don't understand that it's just a game, but there's also... Like, there's an element of it that is, I recognize sometimes that it's not fun, but it's, I need to do it. Like, I need to get that feeling of achievement, you know, and I don't know. Would would you say it's competitiveness? You know, like, not not with anybody else, but with yourself. It's like, I need to get this. Right. And all I'm saying is, yeah, yeah. And what I would say is that, like, I think there's an important spot for games being fun. And there's a place for games that are difficult and achieving, you know, and, and challenging and do give you that, you know, competitive edge or whatever it is. 
but I'm not upset that there are a lot of games now that are fun. Yeah, I think ultimately the the probably gamers ourselves have changed, you know, because you know that sort of small minority now, which it probably is of those people who do want games to be absolutely rock hard so they can say they've done it, you know, to all the mates and brag, you know, are probably a very small amount of gamers in general now. I think there's probably more, you know, not casual gamers, but people who enjoy video games just for the fun of it and the enjoyment as opposed to the competitive multiplayer. And don't get me wrong, I still, you know, understand there's a lot of those sorts of people out there. Uh, but I think I think gamers have changed, so you know developers are catering for a different dynamic now than they, you know than they probably did in the past. Uh, you know, yeah. as a result, games are probably are getting a bit easier, you know, and probably not quite as challenging as they used to be. But then I think it's probably finding that balance, you know, you know between you know what's difficult and what can be made easy enough for some people to play. But you can ramp up the difficulty, and if you want it as hard as nails, you can have it that way as well. You know, yeah, definitely, that's the happy medium. Yeah, I mean, which you know, Fallout New Vegas obviously is because of its hardcore mode. You know, you yeah. can play it normally, or you can play it stupidly. There you go. Depending on which. Okay. Well, I think that was pretty good. So yeah, so before we have a quick break, I'm uh, gonna ask Chinny to uh, yeah play the uh, beta Woo! for Halo Reach, which came out oh, today. Yeah. So. So you play now, that. By today, we mean Monday before the show comes yeah, out. Yeah, indeed. No. Yeah, we, we, That's all right. So we, now people listening can compare their impressions of the game to our live review. When we come back after, Duke and I will talk a little bit about our new feature, which we're oh, going to yeah. break. To, and then Ginny will tell you his thoughts on the game, basically, yeah. on Halo Reach. Now, so, okay. Here so here's the, here's the break music. I, a little bit of setup. It's a song from DJ Crush. Are either of you all familiar with DJ Crush? Not really. He's awesome. I love him. Everybody should check him out. He's a Japanese DJ, K-R-U-S-H. And it's a song from his album, Zen, called Paradise Bird Theory. You've, you've both heard this song a lot. Okay. And, and I hope you'll recognize it instantly. I had no idea that it was a DJ Crush song until I went looking to find the song. And I was like, I found out that it was a DJ Crush song. I'm like, oh, my God, because I've loved DJ Crush for years and years. So I was just so happy to find that this song exists on an album with lyrics. So many of you are probably going to hear this with lyrics for the first time. And it's an edited version. I didn't want to play the whole thing because the whole thing's like six minutes. But here's a shortened version of Paradise Bird Theory. Black. 
Yeah, Crackdown. God, I didn't... So, did he do that first then, before Crackdown? Yes. Yes. Oh. They took that song and they made the the beginning loop into the background music for the menu. Isn't that yeah. cool? Well, that's not only cool, but a cheap way of doing it, presumably. Well, hey, they're looking to make money. Yeah, cheaper than producing your own music, isn't it? Well, God, well that's... maybe. I mean, I don't know. It depends, because, you know, it's licensing fees aren't necessarily cheap, but it's certainly easy. True, I suppose. But no, that was really cool, although a bit yeah. depressing. I've got to say, the lyrics were depressing. Well, you oh know, he God. keeps real, man. You're not kidding. <laughs> oh, my it's God. It's also because the album before that was called My Light, and it's all about like light and positivity in the future. So I think he kind of oscillates back and forth between his projects. That was very good, though. He's very, I like it. It's very relaxing. Yeah, I like that, great, that music. He's a great artist. I love him. DJ nice. Crush, everybody go check him out. And, you know... I think I have heard of him. You know, I've before and I said, no, I think I maybe have because he does like a lot of ambient house music, doesn't he? That oh, sort sure. of stuff. Very laid back, yeah. chilled. Oh, yes, yeah. I think yeah, On the Double from his album, his, there's a black album he put out called Just Crush and he has a song called On the Double. It's track six. It's awesome. It's just amazing. I love that song. Well, I'll be sure to check that out now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have done before, but there you go. There you go. Uh, I'm not sure whether Chini's with us. Are you still there, Chini, or are you busily playing? Yeah, I'm kind of in the menus and stuff. But have you not uh, started yet? No, no, no. There's a lot to do. Well, what are you doing? I oh, just okay. rubbish. Uh, well, I will say, like the the menus are slick, man. They are nice. Uh, I'm not being, I'm not saying they're joking. Where they are slick, you know, everything's not. I mean, like you can see straight away who's playing the game. It's really easy to join their game. Really easy to invite them in the game. Uh, I haven't got a lot. You can customize your armor so much, but I haven't really got a lot of options. Because your army, I mean, you can customize your helmet, your left shoulder, your right shoulder, your chest, and that you kind of earn. What I'm guessing is you earn credits throughout the game, and then kind of unlock new stuff uh, with credits. Uh, and like the the social settings, I mean, you can you can like change all the social settings. So chattiness, you know, if you want people that are chatty, quiet, or if you've got no preference, you can change oh, that's like cool. I like that. uh, motivation. So if you want a team that's like keeps winning. Um, you can join like a, a team that keeps winning, like, like on a winning streak. <laughs> What's the option there? I want to join a team that loses all the time and sucks. Like they kind of have having a laugh or something. I don't know how we, how we could measure that. 
Uh, maybe they're all on their friends list and they're on something and they're, they're kind of up for it. Uh, teamwork, so if you've got a team that are team players and they work together, or if you're looking for a team that are just lone wolves and they just protect themselves, you can set it to that setting. Uh, tone, so if you want a rowdy team, you can choose that. If you want a polite team, or if you've got no preference again. So there's, I mean, there's a ton of customizables in the matchmaking. You, you can tell straight away that Bungie know what they're doing with matchmaking. And it looks like there's only a few kind of uh, like playlist types at the moment because I'm a noob at the moment. I'm, I'm not ranked or anything. Um, but my my Spartan at the moment uh, not looking that great, but he's pink. So let's. Ooh, see. is he? Ooh. So you're yeah. not going to get any grief then. <laughs> yeah. Matt, so I'm just, you you guys carry on. And so we're going to yeah. So anyway, I mentioned before the break we're going to have a, a new feature. New to, feature. Uh, to run in tandem with the quiz, so we're not having the quiz every week. So I thought I'd mix it up a little bit. Uh, so yeah, well, so what I came up with, I came up with this idea for uh, this year in history. Okay. This year in history or this month? No, this year I thought we'd start with because, the, to be honest with you, not a lot happened when you... Wait a minute. In, this minute. year in history is this year. What are you talking about? Now, that doesn't this, work. Well, you you know what I mean. So we're going to pick it. We're gonna no, start I know. That's why I'm asking. Okay, let me explain. So we're going so to go through previous years in gaming and sort of talk about the news and the games that were released and yeah we're just going to sort of go back and I thought we'd started about 1996 I didn't want to start too early although we could have done okay, so looking back at a particular year in history yes and I mean okay, just that makes a lot about you know what was big in the news in that year what games okay. were released yes awesome and, and so it's called so. and it's this is 1996 this is 1996 so that's what awesome. I, thought I thought we'd start with 1996 Okay, so what do you want to know first? Games. So what really- happened? Let's do it chronologically. Like, what's you know? Let's just go through the year. I'll imagine that I'm looking at a timeline of the year. Okay. Do you want to do news first? So things that happened in the news. Shall we do that? Sure. Okay. Uh, well, let's do that first. In Feb that year, uh, Blizzard Entertainment acquires the development group known as Condor, renaming it Blizzard North. So now, why would that become important? What's Blizzard North known for? I wouldn't nope, know. They're known for the Diablo series. Oh, Diablo! So there you go. Uh, yeah, Blizzard North. Yeah, they uh, they did Diablo. That's right. Yeah, in 1996. So that was the that's when it happened. So yeah, so they probably started the beginnings of making quite a bit of cash there. Well, yeah. Okay. On Feb the 13th, Atari announced a plan to merge with JTS Corporation. What's JTS Corporation? I have no idea, so let's have a well, look at it. Well, do you that. know why Atari is called Atari? Have I already told you this? Uh, possibly. I'm sure it's probably been in There's a board game called Go that uh, it's kind of like chess that's a little right. bit. There's yeah. a, a situation that's kind of like Czech called Atari, and uh, the guy was a big Go fan, so that's why he called it that. So apparently, yeah, JT, it's it's actually JT Storage that were makers of inexpensive hard drives to personal computers based in San Jose, California. Apparently, JTS had products but little cash flow. Atari had money, but uh, they expected to run out of it. So they had to, one had one and one had the other, and they got together, and then JTS died. There you go. And then in April, uh, IDOS Interactive acquired Core Design. The creator of Lara Croft character. Uh-huh. So there you go. So that also happened. See, 1996 was a big year, weren't it? You know. Yes, I don't know if that I consider that really important. But well, then they went on to make Tomb Raider using Lara Croft as the main character. Well, so, what was Lara Croft before? I have no idea, but it was owned by Core Design, which was a you know a company 
oh, really back in the day. But they sort of designed and developed um, Tomb Raider, which was obviously then oh. published by Eidos. How about that? So there you go. So that happened. Okay. In, uh, see, 1996 was a big year, wasn't it? I just want to um, know about how that merger came about. Like, IDES is like, okay, we want to buy your company. How much would she give you? We'll give you $10. Well, you know, we have this idea for a character who's like a female protagonist for a video game. $10 million. Well, there you go. There you go. So there you go. All right. Uh, what else? Yeah. So, uh, keeping Idos. Apparently, without it, Idos would have gone under. So there you yes. go. And kept him afloat. Uh, yeah. In on May the first, Gamespot and Gamefacts were launched. Uh-huh. So that's when Gamespot launched. Yeah, May the first. Never been the same. I know. Nineteen ninety-six. And you know, about Gamespot, we would know about all the controversy surrounding uh, Jeff Gerstrom and you know Kane and Lynch and all that sort. Yes. So there you go. And in June. Uh, Fire Axis Games was formed by Jeff Briggs, Sid Meier, and Brian Reynolds. I don't oh, think... Sid Meier. Oh, Civilization. I know, yeah. I don't know what awesome. Fire Axis went on to make. Civilization Any... 3, Civilization that... 4. Uh, yeah, just Civilization Pirates. Games, basically. Oh, the Pirates. <laughs> That's all yeah, it was all civilization. Really. <laughs> it, was all, it was just really yeah, Sid Meier's, wasn't it? And different yeah. versions of Civilization, like Alpha Centauri, which is Civilization in space. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Wow, uh, for such an innovative game company, their headquarters is boring. <laughs> well, Stupid and boring. What's new there? What's yes. new there? All right, what else? I'm just having a look if there's anything more interesting stuff there. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it, really, news-wise. That's interesting stuff. Pretty much. Yeah, and All then right, what oh, was released. Actually, no, I'll tell a lie. Oh. Uh, yeah, later on that year, Midway Games then acquired Atari. <laughs> so Atari, yeah, well, there you go. Atari acquired someone, and then they were acquired by someone else in the same. Atari year. is the doobie of the video game industry. People just pass it on the left hand side, and it's like, hey, all right, you can have Atari now. Take a hit and pass it on. So let's see what games were released that year. See if we remember any of these. I know one. <laughs> okay, well, I know a few of these. I have to say. Yes. Um. So yeah. No, so hang on a second. Wait, wait. Before we get to this, oh, oh, I'm just oh, curious. Oh. No. Where were you in 1996? In what respect? Where, 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 where? where were you living? What was going on in your life? Uh, 1996. So how long ago is that now? Just trying to think. That would be, well, 14 years ago. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was, uh, I'd just got married. Uh-huh. <laughs> I got married in 1996. So Did you have any consoles? Uh, a PlayStation 1. Uh-huh. <laughs> PlayStation 1 I had. Back. I didn't own a console in 1996. It wasn't until a couple of years later that I got my brother's PS1. I was playing some games on my Mac, but not a whole lot. And uh, I was just uh, my third year of college. So there you go. So there you go. So yeah, I had a very, I had a very, very bad month in January of 1996. Really? Why? I can't go into it. Really? <laughs> really? Yes. Oh. It was a very bad month. Oh. All right. What came out in January or in all of 1996? Yeah. Anyway, in January we had Duke Nukem 3D. Yes, what a classic. Yeah, I mean, and that's what really set up uh, the company for a long time and funded oh. the forever development of Duke <laughs> Nukem development. Forever. <laughs> that never actually came in the end. Wait, why am I making that noise? I have the sound effect right here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and apparently, you know, it was one of those genre-defining first-person shooters. Apparently. Uh, of course it was. Uh, apparently. Genre-reading. Um, yeah. And then we had Nintendo release Pokemon Red and Green. Did, did they ever change? No, but seriously, they're still releasing the same game. Of course they are. 
he has liked her. It's a wildly popular game series. Oh, unbelievable, isn't it? That it nothing yeah, changes, but... does it, with Pokemon? It's just the same. Oh, just with Nintendo. Is is Chinny still with us? Are you still there, Chinny? Uh oh. Uh oh. I think he must he be. Cares. He must be he's... deep into. Deep uh... in reach, man. Yeah. We can't seem to reach Chinny right now. There you go. I guess he's deep into Halo Reach. Yeah. There I you go. So. There you go. Uh, in a minute. Yeah. Now, do you know, this is funny when you read this. On, in, on the Feb, Feb the 29th, Take-Two Interactive release Ripper for DOS-based personal computers. <laughs> it apparently had a heck of a cast, but I never heard of it. No, I haven't. I haven't. Uh, but it was one of those what, FMV adventure games, wasn't it? Um, you know, so it was, yeah, it was in New York in the year 2040, apparently. Uh, recent murder of a Rennie Stein, the third victim of a serial killer known as the Ripper. Would play uh-huh. a video game about a serial killer. That's just <laughs> I know, but it had some huge names. There's Christopher Walken. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, Burgess Meredith. Uh, who else is in there? Yeah, Ozzy quite... Davis. Oh my yeah. god. Paul so... Giamatti. Yeah, of course, yeah. Paul Giamatti wasn't very famous back then. But it's funny, isn't it? Because I think they did used to, and it, you know, it was by Take Two Interactive, which were obviously quite a big game at the time. Yeah, they were. You know, but yeah, I mean that's quite impressive, isn't it? You know that, but it was it was all uh, full motion based, wasn't it? So it was like right. a movie game, right, right. if you will. Can you so. hear me now? We can't oh, hear. Now we... Hey, there yeah. he is. Right. How's it going? How's it going? Oh, you right? play the Ripper? Yeah, do you ever play big... the Ripper? That was a big waste of time. Really? What? What? Rich? Yeah, uh, no, because I can't connect to a game. Oh, um, I thought you were like passing good. judgment on the game already. Eh, I played around. That sucked. No, I, I think it's because I'm connected to Skype. Every every time I load a map, it just fails. And I think it's because the broadband struggle. Oh. Our experiment in live reviewing is a fail. Never no, mind. No, note, note to podcast, uh, if we're going to play a live review, make sure it's not a multiplayer game. Yeah, maybe that's a good idea. Yeah. Or, good idea. like, hang up and then go play and then come back. But that's that. well, We can't be bothered now. So what are we talking about? Well, we're, ju- we're just talking... Ripper! The re- we, yeah, we've done news. We've done companies that acquired companies and God knows what else in 1996. But now we're talking games that were released in 1996. Yeah. We've done Duke Nukem 3D. Came out uh, in January. Uh, you play that? Yeah, I did. I did play that. Oh, we might as well ask you, that. what were you doing in... How old were you in 1996? Where were you and what were you doing? How I was I was, oh, I was. 11 years old. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. We're old. I know, I was, I'm really old. I was, I was married. 11. <laughs> I was 11 years old. I just finished primary school, and uh, I, yeah, I was uh, I was uh, starting secondary school. I was starting big school, and uh, yeah, I remember playing Duke Nukem. I remember I kind of liked it. I, I didn't think it was amazing. I just kind of I was really because I like yeah. I think I played it late. I must have played it late because I kept on comparing it to Goldeneye. You see, and the Goldeneye hadn't come out in 1996, so I must have played it late because I was really disappointed by the the kind of when you killed a, like a, an enemy or stuff, like there, I mean, it was all 2D. Like it, I, I, I could see that it was a 3D environment. You walk around in a 3D space, but all the enemies were 2D. You know what I mean? You could right, never look right. around them. It would always the the character models would always kind of bend to you, so you're always facing yeah. the front of them. And that yeah. just really put me off the game. And I'm, maybe it's because I just Goldeneye you got was so spoiled. Great. By Goldeneye. Yeah. Did you now? Did you have a console or access to a console? Uh, in 1996. Jeez, I mean. I mean, I've always played games, so I must have. Uh, yeah, I mean, 
What year did the N64 come out? Actually? Well, the 64 came out in 1996. Yeah, that was definitely a... you and early. Yeah, well, there you go. I, I saved up for an N64 on my own. Like I saved like, all the two P's and one P's in a little jar, and nice. I I saved for uh, the run up for like six months for it to come out. Wow. And I saved for it, and my mom and dad were so proud that I said, because I couldn't That's afford dedication. any games. I couldn't, <laughs> uh, every day. You I just was, sit and turn it on, look at that loading but screen. I, like, I, I just, I, I just managed, just as it came out, I just managed to save up for the um, the console itself. And my mom and dad were like so proud, because when I said I was going to do it, they was like, ah, whatever. <laughs> uh, and I did it, and they was like, oh my god, look, our 11 year old son has 150 quid. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, look, oh, yeah, I'm going to buy it. And they were so proud that they bought me two games. So those uh, really made up for me. So they bought me Mario. And Murray. I bet, you know, here's the thing, man, because I, I, I think a lot of kids these days get handed stuff. And I pretty much, I guess I got handed stuff when I was a kid, too. I bet you enjoyed those games so much more I than people I loved it. I absolutely too. loved it. I played the crap out of Mario 64. <laughs> I got every star. I did it twice of 120 stars. Well, we haven't got to it. You see, it's, we've not got to that yet. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. So what came out next? Uh, then it was Pokemon Red and Green, which was the first <laughs> Pokemon game. I do, I do remember looking in a magazine when I was 11 of Pokemon, and I just went, nope. <laughs> just straight uh-huh. away. Instant <laughs> clash of the, the art style. No, no, no. <laughs> and then we've just quickly talked about the Ripper, or Ripper, which was a DOS-based game, but it was sort of, you know, full motion TV <sighs> with lots of famous people in it. No, so, the, the, the PCs, PCs and Windows and stuff hadn't really entered my life then. So. No, it was still DOS then. <laughs> it just yeah, seems DOS. crazy that it's full motion video, but it's DOS. That just yeah. seems to not go together. No. I think anyway. DOS, I think like adventure and, you know. Text anyway. Uh, yeah, Zork. Yeah, March the 4th, Capcom releases Resident Evil for the post. Oh boy, here we go. Yeah, it's a big year. Oh, you know, no way. Tablet stuff that came out this year. So, I remember Super playing Resident Evil on the Sega Saturn. Uh, but I didn't have a Sega Saturn. My mate had one, and yeah. uh, he loved it. Loved that Resident Evil, which is believed to have invented the term survival horror. So there you go. So yeah, Resident Evil came out right. Okay, March the ninth, Super Mario RPG: Legend of the Seven Stars. Mm-hmm. Did you have you heard of this? Did you play this? I heard of it. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't play it. No, I heard it was very good as well. But I, I remember reading it and. I just kind of didn't know what RPGs were. Like, back then, I didn't understand what they were. wasn't a big RPG fan. Uh, you know, I didn't play JRPGs or anything, so obviously I didn't understand them. And I just I just saw it, and I just went, no, nah, I didn't like it. I just thought it was kind of like a, a crappy Mario game. Never played it. Yeah, Square Enix as well, yeah. Did that, uh, that was a SNES. Apparently, it's very good, though. Uh, it's, it's meant to be like a classic, and I never got around to doing it. Yeah. Okay, May the 31st. Uh, id Software releases Quake. Uh, id was the ones that did Wolfenstein. Yeah, I'm do. Yeah, I'm do. So yeah, I mean that was that. I mean I remember playing Quake and Quake too, and I love both of those on the PC. Mm. So yeah, that. And I had right at the time I had a a Windows 95 PC that had one gig of memory. <laughs> That's what I had. I and a really terrible graphics card, but it would run Quake. It ran yeah. Quake. So there you go. Uh, June the twenty third. Nintendo releases Super Mario 64. Yes, that's yeah. uh, yeah, that's when I played it, and I loved the crap out of it. I never played anything else. I knew every secret, every star. I still know to this day where they all are. I got every cause to to get every star, you have to complete every stage. Um, you have to get uh a hundred coins on every level. Um, 
and get all the secret stars. And the secret stars, they don't tell you where they are. They just have to find them. When I got them well, all. that's what makes them secret, I would imagine. Yeah, obviously, yeah. But, like, I mean, today, in today's game, though, Duke, they would tell you where they are. <laughs> Actually, no. All games still have hidden things and secret things oh, to find. Joking. Yes, joking. Okay, okay. Uh, August the twenty-fifth, Tekken Two. Better PlayStation. Uh, I don't. I never found a Tekken. Three was, million copies sold. Street, well, street Fighter. Go. I don't care about Tekken. Not no, but about Tekken. Uh, August the thirty-first, The Elder Scrolls Two: Daggerfall. Hmm. So this was apparently a notable evolution in the sandbox RPG. There you go. Uh, August 31st as well, uh, Nights into Dreams for the Sega Saturn. I have no idea. Nights is all caps. Yeah. What is that? Any ideas what this one I is? Think the, 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 is that the Nights game? Where is it a Sega published game? Yeah. Yeah. It looks like it's a weird blue character, but it's... No, purple. Purple, purple. okay. Oh, I know yes, it is. is a weird character. Yeah. It's very weird. It's, it came out on the Dreamcast as well. The Noids games were pretty popular, and uh, yeah, they're not great, though. They're not great. So that happened, so nothing big there. And yeah. then we've got uh, Crash Bandicoot. Which mm, that was big. I remember that. I remember when I first saw Crash Bandicoot, I was like, because I think that was the first 3D platform I ever played. And I remember thinking, like, okay, I can see this is going in an interesting new direction now. Because I never played Super Mario 64, so it seemed like it was that was where it was headed next, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's quite cool. That is quite cool. Uh, and then, supposedly, and I've never heard of this, I don't know whether you have, but apparently uh, a company called Freedio launched Meridian 59, wildly regarded as the first massive multiplayer online role-playing game, apparently. Mm-hmm. Don't know, I've never heard of that. The first one I heard about it was, and there one before EverQuest? I don't know. I don't know. I was 11, I was buying attention to stupid <laughs> role-playing game, I don't care. Uh, Mario! (laughs) October 15th, Bungie releases Marathon Infinity, the final installment of the Marathon Trilogy. Mario! (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I played the first Marathon game. That was alright. Terrible. It was rubbish. But, you know, yeah, we'll have to do it. I played it on Xbox Live. It it gave me emotions. Yeah, it was horrible. (laughs) It was really horrible. Uh, Then November November the 15th, Tomb Raider. He was released for the PC, PlayStation, and the Sega Saturn. Yeah, I I remember playing this game when I cut. I I played it and I was like, oh. Uh, I've got to go now, and then we went in the garden to play football, and I cut my uh, my wrist. Not not. I'm not like an email person or anything. I'm not. <laughs> what? Like, I, I want to go I, back I, to playing Laura Croft. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, we was playing football, and it, like my mate had like this fence pole thing, and it had like a big spike on it, and uh, I fell over, and it cut all my wrist open. And I had to go to hospital. Ugh. That's that. When you say Tomb Raider, like the very first one, I always think of that, and it, I had 15 stitches in my wrist. And Ooh. I can see the scar now. It's, Jeez. Yeah. I, and I just went bloody Tomb Raider. So I stopped, <laughs> I stopped over because of Tomb Raider. Like, ah, you get, you slip my wrist. Lara Croft. Odd. That yeah. sounds terrible. And the best um, thing is, like, like, my mate's mom was like, kind of, uh, in, in the kitchen, like, dyeing her hair. Like, she, like, she's not, like, got grey hair or anything, but she was changing the colour and stuff. All right. And, like, uh, it was, like, this weird red colour. <laughs> and I, I, I ran in the kitchen, I went, Right, and, I was, and Dawn, right, she just had, like, red hair dye everywhere. Because I can't tell what's blood! <laughs> uh, really that good. is funny. Memories. Oh, God. Yeah. And then we had, um, yeah, November the 30th, after, uh, as we'd mentioned earlier, uh, Blizzard were taking over people. 
Yeah, the Blizzard uh, took over Condor, which was making Diablo and being renamed. Diablo? Oh, what a great game Diablo And then Diablo came out, yeah, in November oh. that year. So they acquired them in Jan- in Feb. They acquired them in Feb, and then they released Diablo by the 30th. Did y'all play now. Diablo? No. Oh, my God. I have done, though. What a great game. I keep hearing about a new Diablo game coming sometime. Yeah, keep dreaming. I know, yeah. It is, it is. It's cool, but it's like uh, years away, but... I mean, my PC could probably run Diablo 2 uh, if I wanted it to. I, I don't know, I just never... You know, all these games you've got to play, Duke. You know, I haven't got time to go back and... Yeah, really? I don't know. And then, and then the final one, and I don't know, you may have played this because it was an N64 game, so you may have played this, was Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. You play this? Uh, yes, I did. Oh, yeah, I love that game. I remember that game so much. Uh, I do love it, though. I did buy it. My, my good friend, Little Dean Johnson. Uh, uh, I haven't seen him for a while. should ring him. But, uh, yeah, Dean, uh, he had a 64, and we kind of... like When I was young, I always did this. I don't know about you guys, but I always kind of bought games, and then my mates bought the other games that I didn't have, or... Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, like if they've got that game, yeah, I'm trade not going to buy that, right? I'm mm-hmm. just going to buy what they haven't got, and then we can just yeah. trade. So, you know, I had Mario and Star Fox, and, and like he had uh, the Star Wars game, and that was that was a big like launch game for the 64. It was well, I don't know if it was launched, but it was, might have been a couple of weeks after. But yeah, it was, it was huge, and um, I remember it just being really. Uh, uh, it's probably ugly now. I, I kind of remember it not looking great back then. Uh, so it's really probably really bad, but it had some fun stages. You know, you could ride the the, the hovercraft things, and the, there's just stage on the train. Yeah, it was a pretty big deal. It was it was good. I remember it being a lot of fun. There you go. Yeah. And the, and, and the don't fa- forget about Phantasmagoria Puzzle of Flesh. Yeah, I've never heard of that. <laughs> what is that? I don't know, but it came out in 1996. Controversial. Apparently <laughs> controversial. Um, yeah, hardware. We'll just quickly go through this. Uh, Tamagotchi was released in 1996. Apparently, virtual. Oh, wow, Tamagotchis. <laughs> Tamagotchis. Uh, I, re- I remember it's not video games. Well, it's, it's video sort of. I remember a girl. Ha- I remember one uh, story being in the paper because this girl had a Tamagotchi which she'd had for about six months or something. You know, virtually feeding yeah. it after yeah. it and all that malarkey and she went to the supermarket with a mum and the barcoded it by mistake it went through the bleeper and it wiped it <laughs> oh, man. it was wiped <laughs> really upset that she, she lost you know there was a Tamagotchi game for the N64 did you know that oh god that was so there was it's just called Tamagotchi 64 it was uh, released in Japan uh, and it was it was basically a Tamagotchi game I, I remember reading about it I don't remember uh you know, obviously, it never came out, so I never played it. But I had a Tamagotchi, though. He was a little alien. I remember him. Bless right. him. God, I, I think he's dead now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I should really feed him, but uh, <laughs> I think he's dead. Terrible. Uh, Nintendo 64, of course, was launched. Um, Game Boy... Does this sound familiar? Can I just... Just before I mention this, can this sound familiar? Game Boy Pocket, the same handheld console, but 30% smaller uh, version of the Game Boy handheld console. Does it sound familiar to anything, you know, to what happens now? You know, we had the DS oh, right. and the oh, DS Lite. Right. We have, but now they're going the opposite way, aren't they? Now they're making them bigger <laughs> instead yeah. of smaller. I mean, they did it with the Game Boy Advance as well. They yeah. Did like a, 
a smaller version, then they did like a flip version of it. Yeah. And now, now you can have a Game Boy Advanced on your, I don't know, your watch. Yeah. <laughs> That's all Nintendo do. They just make something. Yeah. Make it. Okay. We made a Mario game. When was the last time we made a Mario game? Uh, a year ago. Let's do another one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's all they do, isn't it? Uh, yeah. uh, anyway. And Sega released Netlink, which was a modem for the Sega Saturn. Oh, there you go. I didn't even know. Did you know that? Yeah, they did. Yeah, I, I do remember that. And it was like so, uh, just by, I mean, such a, you know, a, a problem to get it going. And it was, I think it was only available in America or something. And and it was really limited. Like, it couldn't do anything. And it was just, you know, it's it's, it's the same with the Dreamcast, I suppose. They they tried it with the Dreamcast and they were just a little bit ahead of their time. You know, it's just like they, they couldn't handle it. Yeah, interestingly enough, the the Neo Geo CD was also released, but only in Japan. So that was go. an epic fail, Neo Geo. Um, and that's about it, really. That's 1996 done. So there you go. So what did you think? What did you think of the new feature? I like it. Okay. Oh, memory lane. I know. Yeah. Let's go good. back to 1984. I wasn't born. Yeah, it doesn't go that way. It goes to 1986. Ah, <laughs> I was one. I remember like dribbling on a console. It was there's a, did, you know, there's like that was quite big. But on 1986, there's three paragraphs. That's all. Yeah. No, it does go back further than that. It doesn't go that does far. It? Does, that it go, chart, oh, does it go? Oh, it goes the dot dot dot, and you can take it back. Yeah, it to does. 76. Well, maybe yeah. we'll do 84 next time. Oh my god, that's so. what was you there? doing, Chinny? Nothing. I was being a fetus. There you go. Dragon Quest. Around. Dragon Quest came out in 1986. Oh, Dragon Quest. Did you ever play those? <laughs> no. No, I didn't. Anyway, we're not doing... We've done. We're done. It was 1996. <laughs> so, come to the site and tell us what year we should do next time. Yeah, tell us. That would be good. Yeah, we can have years. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what year <laughs> do you want? Or whatever. Oh, yeah, 2007. Yeah. I remember playing Call of Duty 4 for the first. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 have a, yeah, let's have a year suggested to people, and that's what we'll do. Sounds good. That was good. Okay. Believe the hype. Uh, let's let's uh, round off. Get out of here. Shout outs and let's go. So we'll go to you first, Chinny. Shout yeah. outs, please. Uh, I shout it to uh, I don't know really. Shout it to Anna Reach for not working. Uh, shout out to Robertson uh, in the snooker at the moment. As we talk, Steve Davis is on the fucking screen, so I don't know the score. Language, uh, Ginny. Sorry, whatever. Um, sorry, school dog, Ray, kids are listening. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they'll probably learn it in school anyway, so I guess. Yeah, let's uh, hope you fast forward past your intro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's, I don't know what the score is. Robinson's winning, so obviously when this podcast is out, people will know who the world champion is. I'm sure they're on the edge of their seat anyway, who, who it is. I'm sure they're all. Watching because, as we know, gaming fans and snooker fans go hand in hand. They're just like peas in a pot. So yeah, <laughs> shout out to Robertson. Hope he wins. Um, shout out to uh, Alan Wake. Hope he loses. Ah. Uh, no, I don't really. I hope it's really good, but he probably won't be. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Shout out, I, I don't know. Shout out to IP for setting up some stuff for us. That was nice of him. Yep. Uh, and shout out to games. They're great, and they. That's it, yeah. Just, you know, shout that. out to a look camera spoiler. Yes, yeah, that's a good shout out. Yeah, great game. Really great game. Yeah. Uh, right, Duke. Duke and Duke. Yes, I've got several. 
First of all, the Rainbow Six Vegas 2 crew. I do believe CPM was instrumental in setting it up, so special shout-out to him. Uh, DeSaint also uh, playing that game, but also he gave a shout-out for the Bugle things. It's the American. Yeah, how you doing over there? It's the American. He'll get the joke. Oh, I like David, it. No, the, I'll get it. I'll get it. Do you listen to that? Oh, yeah, I love I'll get the Bugle. It. The He's American's great. like my I, favorite I wanna, part of that whole I, show. I want to speak like him. I really do. Also, I, Get a jet ski, you know. You get a. You know, I'm riding around on my jet ski. You just watch hey, where you, you know, go. You don't you need health do? insurance. Yeah. These these politicians, they only to get to bang their heads together. You know, we get a result. What's up? That's what you gotta do. No problem, you know. Um, (laughs) All right, yeah. David the Alien, he's cool. We were playing with him. He really did a good job poning me. Uh, Lucky Irish Guy, Marcanic Stupor, and Skullduggerer. Also, Skullduggerer sent me this really cool song called uh, What If Punk Never Happened? And I really love that song. So cheers to him for that, because that was a really cool song. Uh, Little Weird talked about how uh, he sent me, in addition to the other messages he sent about indie games I should try and how to navigate your Xbox menus faster. He also said he really appreciates the cool little wacky sound effects that I use. So cheers to him. And And, and he has the Fish Tank indie game, so he's cool enough to buy that. So, uh, on y'all. Whatever. Rickster uh, said that I should look into doing some sort of teaching exchange program so the Duchess and I could live in the UK for a little while. And I thought that would be pretty cool. And then I remembered, my dog's not welcome in your country. So, uh, to your country for not yeah, welcoming keep, my dog. Keep, you, keep, keep that dog out of our country, Duke. Because want... he killed six babies doesn't mean that he's a bad <laughs> dog. You have to look uh, at the, his soul. He's got a good soul. And cheers to Ramasaya for the new G4TE site. It's awesome. If people haven't been, man, check it out. Gaming for yeah. the elderly. Over oh, 35 is gone, but you know I've, what? The king is dead. Long live the king. I've been checking out the site, and I haven't really had much time to, to play games and check, you know go on forums and just talk about random Well, there's like seven messages a day, apparently. I know. I know. And there's like, I mean, how many members strung already? It's like, there's like 100 yeah. members already, and it's yeah, so- been launched. Like for a day or something stupid, and yeah, uh, yeah it, it's but it's really well done. It's nicely designed, and uh, this is to raw now. I will, I promise that I'll get on there a lot more. I know it's like not an obligation or anything, but I will be more active on there when stuff is out of the way and uh, this semester is done. So yeah, raw, well done, well done, and everybody else who's worked hard on it because it's really nice, really nice. There you go, nice. And um, well, I've got oh, oh, you've forgotten to do one, uh, Duke. I don't know. I told you about this at the beginning of the show. We you forgot. tell me a lot of things at the beginning of the show. What We're did I tell about? you? What did I tell you on the iTunes in America? Especially oh, the iTunes review. Yeah. Okay. We American I didn't know we were doing that. I thought we were doing it later. It's a little special something, something. Yeah, go, go. Yeah. All right. Here's the latest iTunes review. It's from a guy named Lifelike, and he says, I'm not quite 35. Oh, wait. No, that's oh, right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, this message, I can't actually read the whole thing because part of it has bad words, but uh, I will improvise. You guys are freaking awesome, he says. And I think it's a he. Uh, the the name on iTunes is 1P2R3, and it was submitted this week, and it said, Best freaking video podcast! You guys are freaking hilarious! You're hilarious. Uh, whenever I'm doing homework or some stuff, I always listen to you guys. <laughs> I have to tell you, whenever anybody says to me the word stuff, I always think of that scene in Fight Club when they're pointing the gun at the dude behind the convenience store. And he's like, why did you drop out of school? Too much stuff. It's like, yeah, stuff. I got it. Stuff, right. 
Anyway, uh, um, stuff. So whenever this guy's doing homework, he always I always listen to you guys. Or when I'm riding the buck to school, freak yeah! And there's like seven exclamation points there. Keep it going. Oh right, can you give me a shout out? My gamer tag is Tangy Tango Juice. Just say my gamer tag. It would be awesome. Yeah. How does he do? How does he listen to a podcast that do homework? I have no idea. I can't do it. I can't like Roy <laughs> and. Because it's assumed that he's probably doing like math homework now. We should be like 17, 43, yeah. 28. 48, yeah. yeah. Carry the that, one. That number 16's wrong there. You need to change your uh, answer. You, uh, you're so getting an F. Oh, dude. <laughs> fail. <laughs> Epic fail. What I want to know is is he yeah. one of your <laughs> students, Mr. <laughs> he might be. <laughs> that would be possible. God, that would be so funny if it was one of yours. <laughs> yeah. Well, funny and sad. Anyway, okay. Anyway, my thank you for that review, Tangy Tango Juice. Uh, my shout out. Thanks for um, listening, and everybody who listens is awesome. Thank you. There you go. Um, we've got a quick email, quick email from Russell Smith, otherwise known as Danger Russ, uh, from, from E4TE.com. So there you go, gamingfortheelderly.com. Um, anyway, this is what he says. Hi, the Daddy Chinny Duke. I'm Russ. Okay. Uh, the other day, I was talking to my friend about scary video games. I pointed out to her that the scariest moment ever is in the very first Silent Hill where the nurse realizes that she is infected and starts turning into a zombie right before your eyes. This, like many other moments in Silent Hill, made me throw my pad down and run for the bathroom. I'm not entirely sure why you would run to the bathroom, but there you go. Uh, Maybe, maybe. After this conversation, I put up a post on G4TE forum asking everyone else what they thought were the scariest moments. Turns out everyone is a big baby like me, so now I feel okay. I was wondering what you three think is your scariest moment in video game history. I have added a link to the website below with a list of the 10 scariest video games, as I know you, the daddy, love doing lists. We've done one of these on Halloween, so we'll not bother with that. Uh, I think they have uh, most of it right, apart from they haven't added the moments in Tomb Raider where you're swimming and Lara Croft drowns. Freaky. Uh, thanks, guys. Russ. Spoiler. I know, yeah. P.S. Love the podcast. Been listening since about the third show. I miss Diablo shouting Peggle at every question. Uh, but Peggle. I know, yeah. But you three seem to have everything going right, so keep up the good work. I don't know about that, but yes, we will Peggle. keep up the good work. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, what's your scariest moment in games? Quickly, before we go. Fear 2. Fear 2? Really? Yeah, Which I don't a whole lot of scary games, I guess. Yeah. I don't remember. I just remember being freaked out. Yeah. That's an interesting choice of scary game. I wouldn't have said Fear 2 was that. It was a bit sort of disturbing, not scary. Yeah, don't know. Uh, Chinny? Dark Void when I realised how terrible it was. <laughs> <laughs> I think I actually said that on G4TE about, like, yeah, it was heavy rain, how much time I wasted on that shit. Oh, you almost said heavy rain, I thought, uh, Yeah, I'd actually, I'd actually say Final Fantasy Thirteen when I realised I'd actually paid real English money for that game. Yeah. <laughs> but no, actually, in a, a real scariest moment has to be the original Condemned for me. Yeah, cond- I'll play Condemned very there's, a, there's a lot of, like... Condemned 2 was great for because you expect like oh we're in this corner uh, yeah. and then nothing happens right and you walk down and well nothing's gonna happen ah! like that so it's uh, <laughs> what sound did you make ah! yes. but condemned <laughs> what condemned did really really well was you'd see stuff out of just you'd just get a flicker of something and you weren't quite sure whether you'd seen anything or not but the 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 pinnacle moment in that game there's a part where you're in like a big department store. 
And, and actually, you don't fight anything, but it is just the creepiest thing I have ever experienced. And I literally, you know, when the hearse stand up on the back of your neck, and basically there's hearse. this... I know, even thinking about it now. No, seriously, the hearse. The hearse stand up. But basically, there's a part in the game where you're in this department store, and you're literally, you're walking along, and at the side of you, there's a, lo- a, a line of mannequins, right? Sort of uh-huh. just, just normal mannequins. That, then as you sort of turn around to look forward again, they're sort of in front of you. So they were at the yeah. side, then they're sort of in front, and you're like, oh, that's really creepy. And then you drop down this hole, and you sort of, there's this weird sort of thing happens with the screen, it all goes a bit blurry. And then they're, they're surrounding you, so they're all like in a circle around you. And it's and it's so hard to explain, but it was just the creepiest it's moment I've no, but it, no, but it's by it's by uh, the same developer, isn't it? So. Don't they do that in Fear 2? I'm sure they do. I don't know, but you think they're going to attack you because also yeah. in this department store, some of the mannequins are real mannequins and some are things that attack you. So you're never quite sure whether it's going to attack you. I'm pretty or it's sure just... if you play the demo of Fear 2, that, that's a, that exact same thing happens. I don't know. but it was Maybe that expansion thing, because I vaguely remember that expansion thing had something kind of like that. Seriously, though, for an answer for me, right, a part in a game, what really kind of, I wouldn't say scared me, but kind of freaked me out, right, is when I saw the G-Man in Half-Life 2, like, from a distance, and I went, what is that dude doing, right, and he's just like a man in a suit in the middle of nowhere, and I was like, that is weird, and I was like, no way, that, that's the curse, what is he doing, I was like, so I didn't know about any of it, like, so I was like, what, and I'd see him again, and I was like, he's him again, yeah, he pops up a lot as well. There's a YouTube video of where he pops up. Yeah, he's on the in the water bit when you're in the water. He comes out on like a bit of a balcony and then just walks back in again. There's you also know, a, a, a YouTube video of G-Man and how much they compare it to Lost because uh, at the first season of Lost when he Jack sees his dad, it's exactly like the G-Man. He's like standing and the people who play Lost. There's also uh, sorry in Half-Life Two episode two. There's a secret room. Uh, where the computer is in the Lost, the Dahmer Initiative computer. This was on my true or false quiz a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm talking now, it's more interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Anyway, uh, um, we've got another iTunes review in the UK also. Yeah. Oh keep so them coming, keep people. Going. We're doing well. Uh, this is from Ahog Hill. Ahog Hill. So there you go. Ahog Hill. Yeah. Ahog Hill. And Ahog. his title is Loving. So I'm not sure how to take that. Well, there you know. I mean, it's yeah, McLovin. McLovin. Is it McLovin or just loving? Loving. Just loving. I love the podcast. Hey, says, I like it very much. He says, uh, greetings from Northern Ireland. At 41 and an online FPS addict since Quake, I relate well to these guys. Holding on to your youth isn't in, a way, in any way we can and trying to fit in some gameplay between family life. Entertaining and informative with giggles. I look forward to every new episode. So there you go. Thank you, Ahog Hill. Yay! Uh, don't forget to go to uh, vghub.net. Don't forget to go and have a look right. there. Uh, don't forget to come along to the website, which is obviously veterangamers.co.uk. Uh, 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 also, we've uh, now got Twitter, which was yeah. about to say. We have got a Twitter, which, is, which is Veteran Gamers UK. So there you go. Right. Uh-huh. And Facebook, apparently. <laughs> Facebook as well. We're working on that. Which is also Veteran Gamers. So, you know, you'll easily find us. So, so we're all over there. We're all over the place. So, yeah, follow us on Twitter. Veteran Gamers UK on Twitter. So there you go. And I think on that note, we need to get the hell out of here. So, uh, yeah. Uh, see ya. Bye. Bye, folks. Don't.
forget to write us emails and Jamma Fool. I've already Jamma Fooled it, Duke. Why are you still talking? It's been Jamma Fooled. <laughs> <laughs>